special edition, Labor Day night. We're taping. Why? Because we're going to look ahead to the NFL in a different way. What are we going to do? We're going to go through each division and give you who we think are going to win the division. We're going to rank the playoff teams one through seven that we project and uh, maybe bet a little something on it. We're also going to have a few, hey, what teams are fragile? That maybe they're good now, but they might not be good come December. Which teams are durable? That, hey, they can take a big injury and they'll be fine. What teams should trend up or down based upon what age often? Uh, new coordinators, new offenses. Those teams usually struggle early. And what teams mm, are trending? I, I think trending up is about newness, typically, or youth. Or youths, as they say, but youth. And we're going to go through each division that way. First, though, we're going to start with a big game, a game everyone's talking about in college football. we got A.J. Hoffman, college expert. Also, Scott Seidenberg joins. Steve Fezzik's here. You lost in college, Fez, after a monster. Last year, it was like the, as good as anyone. How many units did you win last year? 45. And how many did you lose here on week one? 11. Okay, okay. 16 and 17. But really, the line, that's a lot of games. Jesus. Well, I, I, to, I always have the biggest volume. It ends week zero and week one, so it's two weeks. Because really, you've got, okay, because you've got like two months to bat them. Exactly. Which is a caution that we should put out there when it comes to week one of the NFL, which we'll be taping that show Wednesday night, Thursday a.m. release. You've got Thursday, Friday to listen. Um, and Saturday, even. But a lot of people are busy Saturday. Primetime Sanders. I mean, I saw something where they were talking about him before this game. And it might have been the New York Times or something. And they said, um, Deion Sanders self-proclaimed primetime. It's like, no. <laughs> he wasn't self-proclaimed. It was like the biggest football show on earth, Chris Berman. Whenever he got the ball, he'd be going prime time, prime. I mean, it's like the the nickname came from pure greatness. It wasn't him saying i Certainly I'm, not self-proclaimed. No, I mean, not at all. And, I mean, people, you guys, do you remember? I mean, you yeah. remember prime time? Okay. Of course. When they would pick the ball off, that Atlanta team, forget when he was with San Francisco, with that Atlanta team, they picked the ball off, they throw it back to prime time no matter where he was. <laughs> and, I mean, they were scoring touchdowns like crazy. I mean, it's wild when you see these teams that aren't afraid to fumble, that they're so athletic that they will just flip. Because it's like it, it's really tough to beat because it's like everyone's so scared of fumbling. You know, you, you bring that up one day. The, there's going to be offenses that are going to realize they should incorporate not just the hook and lateral and desperation measures, but think how powerful that play is down the field to be able to like you know go ahead and and run that. I mean, and how often do you have like when you're lateraling towards the sideline, you very rarely fumble. Well, here's the thing: Lombardi talked about this in football, his first football book. I think it was Football Genius was the name of it, um, in which. He said he believes there's going to be two quarterbacks on the field at yes, all times. that's the extreme measure, right. And, and the theory is you pitch out to one, he's throwing back to the other, they're running downfield, throwing cross field. You know, you can still throw if it's, you know, not forward as you go down. So that's interesting, right? I mean, at that point, Trey Lance may start. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be for Dallas right now because he's third string. But, you know, if one of them got hurt and they played two quarterbacks, he'd be right in there, I think. <laughs> okay, so primetime 
Amazing. It's funny. Sometimes I'll listen to shows after, like a Saturday show, Saturday night, because I'm getting NFL info, so I don't really care about the college that much. And everyone was saying, you know, I think Colorado is going to do well in the years to come, but it takes a long time to build a team. Win total is, what was it, three? Win? Three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. And they were getting, what, 21? 21 and a half? 21. Okay. AJ, what happened? They they looked incredible. They okay. were buttoned we up. We got that part. We that got that. Now, I think it's a pronoun also. That's, <laughs> that's illegal, right? Yeah. So Colorado. Colorado looked really buttoned up. They looked like they'd been playing together for years, which you didn't expect. I think the other thing that happened was people underestimated the drop-off for TCU. Like, TCU lost a ton of people to graduation, to transfers. They were, it's not the same team that was in the national championship a year ago. Uh, and that lost by 70. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I could have never in a million years pictured what Colorado did happening. Like, and I knew that TCU was regressed. I, I still didn't see this happen. I didn't see them winning the game. I, I actually thought Colorado would cover. I, I thought there was zero chance they could win the game. Okay. So let's talk about the mechanics of adjustments in college football. Typically a team will really have a good team. We'll have competitive games maybe four, five times a year, maybe less. When I say competitive, I mean where they're playing a team at their level, so less than five, let's say. But because you might say, well, if Ohio State plays Indiana and they're laying 20, that means something. Did they win by 20? It does mean something, but it's different than playing someone that's at your level, which you can learn a lot more. Ohio State plays Michigan. That's a different game. Um, Bowl games, different game. There's times I remember Malinsky, I can, you know, oh, it was the High State Oregon National Championship. Malinsky and I were doing a show on ESPN here locally after the next day. And I said, what would you adjust? High State was a seven-point underdog in that game. And I said, what would you adjust you know, the line to if they replayed next week? He said, pick them. I said, my God, like teams in the NFL maybe move a half a point if they lose, you know, even if they lose big. Sometimes it can be a point early in the year, but then the other team you might think move up. Like the most extreme case in the NFL, one team wins 40 nothing week one. Kurt Warner, greatest show on turf. They play the next week, the line's going to move two points at the most. Yep. I mean, like in aggregate, both of them. So how much did you move Colorado? Then I'm going to ask you how much did you move TCU? I moved Colorado four plus four, and I moved TCU minus two. All right, so if you think about what caused this result, you're thinking about two parts, Colorado played well, one part TCU yes. played poorly, or, or less than expectations. Yes. I like that. Now, I heard the four, and I thought, that's big. That's big. Steve said, I disagree, and I'm thinking, okay, he agrees with me. Or, or he says, I disagree with AJ, and I'm thinking, okay, that's smart. He's agreeing with me, but I don't think so. What do you think? No, so I spot-on agree that TCU, two-point adjustment, looks right to me. Because you know why? We weren't all that uncertain about how good TCU will be. We don't want to make too much of an adjustment. We knew what the personnel was, but we had no idea how good Colorado was. So think of, look at this. 21-point underdog, they win outright. Well, 21-point underdogs sometimes win just because they get 4-2. It's like Florida International almost won as a 21-point underdog. Yep. But they got outgained by 300 yards, and it was just fumbleitis and turnovers and, and miscellaneous So you're stuff. saying if you look at the underlying stats. Dead even game. back. And if you watch the eye test, you watch both teams' terrible defenses, both teams' great offenses, great quarterback play by you know for Colorado. You have to, in my opinion— 
I think you got to upgrade Colorado minimum seven points. Seven. All right. Now, we can speculate. Now, before we talk about what the market said, Scott, what's your, where do you land on this debate? I, I put it out on Twitter as soon as, like, while I was live tweeting watching the game. Like, yes, like, everyone, we, we underestimated Colorado. We assumed that with all the changeover, with all the new pieces that were brought in, and with Dion kicking everybody out, that it would take time to, to come together. But I also think that we overrated TCU because they were a team that played for the national championship last year. This is not the same TCU team. Defensively, they played horribly against Colorado. So, yes, I, I like AJ, I agree. It's probably two parts Colorado better, maybe one and a half parts TCU not as good as they were. To me, the most impressive part of Colorado and the reason why I think they I lean more towards Fezzik getting a bigger upgrade is because – they actually looked well-coached. If you watch the game, they played with such tempo that after the play was done, they ran the ball to the ref and they got lined up and then looked to the sideline to get the call from the offensive so they're, coordinator. they're trying to play fast? Yes, oh, yeah. okay. very fast. And they, 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 they get up to the line. They look to the sideline for the coach. Everyone's in position. There's, there's, yes, they're showboating a little bit, but... I was so impressed, again, by, you know, the play's over. Run the ball to the official. Get lined up. They just seem to be disciplined, yeah. and that just goes to to Dion and yeah. giving him credit. And so I think, yeah, a lot of people were unsure if he deserved a job at this level. Game one, he passed all the tests. Yeah. So I agree. Um, that's interesting because I heard someone talking about the NFL. They said one thing you can see in the preseason is how quickly the team are they able to get the plays off at the pace they want? Mm-hmm. Some teams want to be a little slower, some want to be faster, but are you getting delayed games? Are you five seconds late or even? Are you false starting when you're trying to uh, run? Pace? Yeah, so it's the efficiency is what you want to be measuring in the preseason, and we're saying, hey, new coaches, a lot of new players. This feels like an AAU team, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in basketball almost. And the fact that they're efficient in game one in a big nationally televised game. On the road. It's pretty impressive against a team that was in the national championship last year. And even if you could say they got beat by a ton. Well, listen, they won against Michigan in the playoffs, right? So you know, yeah. you got, so I know there was a fumble or two there. TCU was certainly one of the top six teams last year. Yes. So if you have a top six team and you win when you're supposed to be three in, in a little bit, Right of win total, I mean, was that was there any win total lower in college football? Oh yeah, like, UMass was like like one and a half. You know, it's like okay, I mean, but terrible, I mean, we're, we're, terrible team. But but amongst the Big Five, I think so. Stanford was a uh, a three, and Northwestern was a three. So it's one of the three worst of a, of the Power Five. Yes, and and you, I mean, it's impressive. I mean, so much. So what did the how did the market react? Well. There's a, there was a summer line, which really is like a game of the year line that was up up until like this weekend. And it was because next week it's Colorado hosts Nebraska. And the line was seven and a half. Colorado an underdog. Are, are they hosting or are they on the road? Uh, Colorado hosting home. Nebraska. Okay. And big noon kickoff's going to be there. So Fox is doing the live broadcast, the okay. pregame show, everything. And, and, wow. And someone was saying that this is uh, – this is the second biggest bet game right now of of the college weekend. Yeah, no, no Texas of, of the football weekend. The, the only one weekend. that's bigger bet is actually on Thursday, Chiefs Lions. What? So so Texas is playing Alabama. 
and has taken a back seat. <laughs> Fez, to this NFL game. Week One is Sunday, and it's taking a back seat to Colorado, Nebraska. But hold on Prime a second. Time. Hold I mean, on. It might change. Prime hold on time. a second. Are we counting the bets that's happened since this went up? This was posted by DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay. So, uh, their book, what they've currently taken. That they, can't be. You're saying that they they were up all summer on NFL game X and Y, and they got less action than this game that has been up for a couple days, effectively. You're right. It, it could only mean that action that they've taken this yeah. week. But still, I'm impressed by that. I mean, it's massive. Okay, so the line was uh, Nebraska at, uh, on the road, favored by 7.5. Now, when it reopens, there were two numbers that pretty much came out at the same time. One was bet online, and they said, hey, Colorado should be favored. So right there, it's like it moved more than a touchdown. Make Colorado one and a half. But then contemporaneously, Circa, which is one of the sharpest books in the world, and how do you know that? Because of their willingness to take big bets, their willingness to put world openers out there. These guys are not afraid to open a market. They said five. Was it five or five and a half? Five. Five. All right, and you might think, geez, Colorado went from plus seven and a half to plus five. That's not as that's not as much as that. No, no, no. They were saying Colorado favored by five, which is what a twelve and a half point adjustment. And further, Nebraska. Did, okay, that's Nebra- what I was yeah, Nebraska. Okay, did Nebraska just lay an egg? They're terrible. Well, Nebraska covered. Nebraska played very well, so, and they should have won outright as a seven point underdog. So they at least get a half point upgrade. Oh yeah. Yeah, so you got uh, so, I mean, we're saying effectively Colorado thirteen points if you believe circuit. Now, because there was two markets at once, one and a half and five and a half or five, what tends to happen is is if you are able, if you have one pocket uh, ticket in your pocket, or if you can bet it real quick, uh, you take the five, you lay the one, or whatever the call, co- or if you know you're going to like one side, you just take the better number. But whatever it is, it it. Reached an equilibrium point. The spread did at around uh, what three and a half right now is our current number. It looks like so it was three initially, and then it kind of drifted up a little mm-hmm. bit. So circa, you could say overreacted, but if you read and, and Scott, maybe you want to pull it up. Mm-hmm. Their lines maker was talking in a way defending that line, I guess, but also kind of saying you just wait and see. What did he say about this? Yeah, Jeff Benson spoke to uh, Patrick Everson. You know, we, we all know him. Uh, he interviewed him, and he said, quote, we hung- I, I don't know who you're talking about. No, <laughs> yeah. He I said, quote, we hung the number we thought was right, and then the market tells us what they think of it. The market disagreed with our adjustment on Dion's team and blasted us on the dog. We went from Nebraska plus five to plus two. That could be people scalping to the market or not believing the hype. It'll be fascinating to see the two-way action as limits rise. As limits rise. That was the, you know, so, okay. So he's, now, listen, so far he said that when it was two. Mm-hmm. Now the market's up to three. Looks like they might be right, right? Their opening if, limits are 3000 on the side. Okay, yeah. okay. Now, to me, the only question I would have, Fez, is was BetOnline open first, which I think it was, and then if you why put up five, why not put up three and a half? Because you know you're going to get action anyway, right? It, yes, and these numbers all kind of came up within the same within 10, 15 minutes. So it's it, it logistically. Yeah, but they're listen. If you're put, they're watching the screen. If they're put, I mean, like when well, you apparently might, they weren't. You know, no, in this were, game. were they or weren't they? Because well, I think I think if they, you don't mind taking bets, 
Well, but well, the, the problem is Circa announced we are going to give out our like the first forty games at exactly eleven ten a.m. So now they like load it all in the system. Tick tick. It's eleven oh eight a.m. And now Bet Online suddenly puts their numbers up and they put them up right close to that. I mean, they all came in at about the same time. Okay, and this was eleven a.m. Sunday. Yes, Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Yes. All right. So. <sighs> So what you're saying is you think they probably weren't aware when that, but how quick did they move the number? Because I'm sure once they put up and they hear bet on lines up, they're going to look and and I wonder if they moved quicker. Like if they took a limit bet, did they move a whole point? Oh, I'm sure, if not a point and a half, I'm so, certain of it. Mackenzie, give us a breakdown of how how that line moved, you know, from the opener at circa. Yeah, so it opened five. Are you playing? Are you playing? You know, in high school band, the people that weren't very musical, the people that weren't very musical, played the the cymbal or the triangle. Cindy, the triangle is that what it was called? Okay, no, Partridge Family. The little girl, she can't play any of the instruments, so she hits the triangle. Okay, that's it. The triangle. It's like Mackenzie's mic stand is a triangle. He's hitting it, and I don't know if he's trying to get music out of it. But go ahead. So Circa opened 11 a.m. on the dot at 5. By 11.02, it was down to 3. Okay. And what, we can see the actual jumps, right? So it went from what to what to what? So five, I was right. 5 to 4 to 3 to 2. So they skipped a point. You know, every half point they skipped. So probably three limit bets. Yeah. And every time they took a three-dime bet, boom, they moved to a, a full point. Even through the key number three. Mm-hmm. Boy. And a Saturday, FanDuel actually put a number up of... Nebraska minus two and a half. It was like a few hours after the game. I'm not sure what kind of limits they were taking, but I did see that. That doesn't, I mean, let's be candid. That's pretty much the range. I, I mean, that's, well, really, that's more AJ's range, right? Is a, about a five point, yeah. four point move. Listen, I think your instincts of not overreacting are good instincts. This is one of those, this is the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, because we talk about power ratings and confidence intervals. How confident are we? And how good Colorado is. Well, we have no confidence. The entire team turned over. I'll use an example. Let's say we go back into our time machine and TCU and Colorado play again. What are we going to make the spread on that game? I mean, TCU three. Well, so you're going to make it. You're going to make an 18 point adjustment <laughs> now on both teams. So you get you get my point. It it, it feels so like. So let's think about the adjustment that we're seeing from. Let's trust that it's going to close. I'm guessing it's going to close at four or higher. I agree. Right? Right? What would you think, Fenn? Three. I don't think so. The public the hasn't public gotten involved yet. Right? Once the public gets involved, they don't. This whole idea of doing the math to figure out. No, they're just saying, oh, they're laying three. The, the wise guys are going to say, you, you just move this line, you know, t- t- ten and a half but, but points. And, 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 and Cir- Nebraska looked good. But, but it's at three and a half now. But Circa, that's what I'm saying. Circa said five we're comfortable with. I mean, that's pretty wise. So, like, are, are the wise guys really going to think a number below five, like three and a half, is all that juicy on the, the dog? The wise guys don't care what circus opens for three dimes. These are not professional betters. They're great when they have the information of the wise guys. Without that information, I don't think the wise guys give much credence to what but, the circa odds makers open numbers at. But the information, really the information that's why the limits are three K. But the information's changed. We people out there have a preseason power rating based on. Well, for, for, first of all, very few people have a power rating. Sure, but but it, what you think? Okay, you set the line. What you think is going to happen based on what you expect these teams to look like, and what are you using to determine your, your 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 opinion to form your opinion? What did they look like last year? What's their returning production? 
we had nothing to go off of of Colorado. We just assumed, or and I'm saying we collectively, so how much do we that upgrade it was them? because of of all the new talent coming in that it would take time to gel. Dion coaching at this level for the first time. What they showed is that they are a legit football team. I, I don't care about legit. I care about numbers. I'm a math geek. How many numbers we upgrade Colorado? AJ before said. Well, he's saying he thinks the market move was about right. Yeah, so I think they deserve to be favorites in this game, and I think they deserve to be north of a field goal favorite in this game. But can you give me a number? How much? Well, he, how much better are they? Approximately? Are they better than what? We are didn't they know fifteen anything points? Last are they fifteen ten, points 10 better? Po- ten points better. I like that. All let's right. let's make them ten points better. Okay. So, so now, what's your point? My point is, so so they were catching seven and a half. Mm-hmm. We make them ten better. They should be laying two and a half. I yeah. know we're going through the zero. Yeah. But but Nebraska's better also, so that negates that. So that gets me to two and a half. So why if, did circa see? If you want to dismiss circa opening, I mean, Faz, you wouldn't want to open world openers for God. Three no, it's, it's incredibly difficult. So, so so I believe what circa did is they did what you said, RJ. They said, I've never seen. They just had an entire. Three and a half hours of Colorado screaming, all these fans. What do you think? Like, the, what do you they think? know the public loves Colorado. Let's make sure we're talking about the same thing. What do you think this line closes at? Three. All right. So let's get let's construct a bet. I'll take above three. You take below three, and we'll make three point seven five. I'll actually give you what, what uh, three. I'll give you three point two five as the break point, meaning it's twenty cents, right? So if it's three minus twenty, we have a push. If it's three minus nineteen, you win. I'll t- I'll give you that. It's I, a bet. I mean, I'm I'm trying to just make a fair, easy yeah, yeah, bet yeah. There. But basically, you're saying, but where is it going to go f- at close versus right now? Because right now, it's a, like you said, it's it's north of three. You in with I'm me? I'm in with RJ. I mean, yeah, of course. And, and well, I, impressive. I don't baby. have a button in front. Uh, of me. <laughs> but you, I mean, you're, you're right. Yeah, you're right it, that, that I might lose this bet because the public might dwarf the wise guys. But the wise guys are going to bet plus three and a half. I also think that I mean, Colorado's the play now in this game. The, they sh- the athleticism that they showed, the amount of plays that they ran, Nebraska might be better than they were last year. Matt Rule might be a hell of a coach. They do not have Matt the Rule athletes. Matt Rule still there? I thought he— Matt Rule's Matt at Rule's Nebraska the yeah, first year. Nebraska. Oh, but, but what— He was at Carolina oh, before. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about Frost. Okay, now, I'm sorry. Now, I'm going I'm to ask a question. I really don't know the answer to this. Why is it that after a game ends, do we suddenly make these eight-point adjustments on the team, but we refuse to do it after three quarters? Because the the live wagering on this TCU game followed pretty much the algorithm. Because, it's, because how, who, how are you going to do that? You don't have enough time. It's too hard. There's all these games going on. It's complicated. But you see what I'm saying, yeah. that they price this like— you know, You're making a very good point, actually. Consistently, like at halftime, I, I don't know if we can look up what the score was and what the halftime line is, but it, but it wasn't that out of no, reality. No, the halftime line— can, can can vary, yes, right? Yes, right. but but even after the third quarter, they were like TCU's the way better team. You know, they're going to find a way to win. Nope. I mean, at the end of three, Colorado was up three points. So it, at halftime, Colorado was up three. At the end of the third, they were up three. And, and TCU was favored to win, though. Favorite second half line, second half line was TCU well, laying seven meant, and a half. Like a, yeah. And okay. what was the halftime score? It was 17, uh, 17-14 Colorado. Colorado. And TCU right, so, was laying seven and a half second half. See, so that that actually is a significant move because the theory is let's forget what the score was. That if you're 21, let's call it 10 and 11, 11 and 10, right? Probably should be laying 11 half or 12. Yeah. So, yeah, the, so that's and a good then point. when you're losing, the theory is they're going to come back. So the market was already waking up to, oh, we just got a bad number here on Colorado. But I wonder in games yeah, when they went back to the algorithm – 
What was the end game yeah, saying I, at I the was, beginning of the third? I, I know I was getting texts from people. It's like, Colorado's like so cheap here to win this game still. Yeah. Yes. So so that would be – now that you, we just came up with something. We look at the halftime line, which has the, uh, the human crafting of it. Mm-hmm. We compare that to what we're seeing at the beginning of the third. Whenever it's off, we assume the halftime line's right and make some in-game bets along that lines. Yes. Right? Because that's the human element where the algorithm doesn't have that. And listen, would you really want, when you have all these games with in-game, someone there who probably doesn't have that pay grade to say, you know, our, our, our numbers are wrong. I'm going to shift. Because you could program the algorithm to easily say, what's your base number? And you could change the base. Say, this line should have been seven. And the whole algorithm would propagate through a different. I test. Yeah. I think that'd be scary. Unless you were like Henry doing everything like he used to at Pinnacle or whatever. I don't think you'd want. Some... They really only do it on injuries. Yeah. Typically, like when having been there and do it, 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 it's like you hate you hate to go against because like so often you see a team that like can't play a lick in the first half and all of a sudden, boom, you know, they're, they're right. But do you think there's an opportunity? Do you think the halftime line with the human element is the good metric to say, let that be a guide? How how what is the implication of the halftime line? How different is that than the algorithm, the pregame algorithm and act accordingly? Yes. And in this case, I'm going to talk about the season win number. There's, right. a, there's an adjusted season win number for Colorado. Nobody peak. So it was 3.25. What should it be now? And I will say I haven't gone through their schedule exhaustively, but they have a lot of games that could swing in either direction. I'm guessing it's 5.5, which is close to where it was at open. All right, so here's the first thing I would say is, one, you got to accept the fact that they took a fractional win that was like a one, And it's a one. Now. It's a one. So they pick up .9 right off the bat. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so, so I so would say it's So they're up to 4.15. Four, yeah, off the bat. Now, Excellent. Would, you, would you say the two point, uh, two point per half of game, or, or half a win is about two points on the money line, or I'm sorry, on the power rating. Do you agree with that? I mean, you know, I went back to the NFL, mm-hmm. and and so I so I thought about well, thirty five points is worth a win, mm-hmm. and I don't really think there would be that much of a difference in college, yeah. even though there's the fewer only thing games. I'm thinking but of the only time there'd be an exception if you're an Alabama or someone that's only got, yeah, yeah, but this is right in the middle, right? That's okay. right. So now what we're saying is okay, if we're upgrading them ten points, that's effectively five half point or half game moves. So we're talking about two and a half games. So exactly. So it would go up to like six and a half, six point six, which might be a little aggressive, but it doesn't matter because directionally it's way bigger than five, and that's the current number. And so I'm waiting. I'm I'm going to bet over five. I think that's a great bet. Hmm. So I agree with. I mean, listen, six point six might. I don't think I'd be betting over six point two. But boy, it seems clear. I don't know how. I mean, let's well, under any reasonable set of assumptions. I don't see. I mean, look at look at this. Let's just go. I mean, they're one. Saying, they're saying they're four points better. Yeah, yeah and, and, if four point if four point one right is what it should be without any adjustment because of the one game being played, then if you only go up to five, that means you're saying four points of adjustment, two half games. I was going with them. If it's a five point of adjustment. Okay, then then eleven games left, fifty five. Well, I'm sorry, six points of adjustment would be two wins. Okay, you make an interesting point. Is there seventeen games in the NFL versus twelve? Oh, and yeah. now eleven. Okay, so but how many points in the? You know that brings up another point too. I bet the 
the, the Pythagorean number of points per win is going to be higher, I think, because there's more variance in college yeah, football. Yeah, I, I think a lot depends on the schedule, like you said. But, yeah, but so I'm going to strike the 6.6. So, so if they say 7-point upgrade times 11 games, 77 points, 77 extra points is going to be two wins. All right, mm-hmm. so I'm confident with the two wins, um, and 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 what, what you know, one good exercise. Let's just look one game ahead. So we already got the four point one five. You laid out the math on that. Mm-hmm. They turned a point one to a one. Well, they now they got a point three, that's turning into a point six. Now that's interesting. So if we think about that, if so they it, pick a point three per game. Yeah, now that's interesting because what we're saying here is if you're we're not speculating on the ten point move, we're seeing it in a game. You uh, in the next game, you can make the case it's an overreaction. The public's going to be uh, betting one way, the sharps going to be betting the other, and then the mania ends after one game when they lose. Okay, but it doesn't even need to be ten points for this to make a ton of sense, like you said. Right, I'm I'm talking it's a point three adjustment on the win problem, even if it's just point two. They got 11 games left. That's still Let's two look wins. at their schedule because it, it seems to me that that if we can see, I, I want to see how many games, you know, maybe at home Nebraska, home. I, but but what I like if you could is, do we have the game of the year numbers with it, just to give us an idea of how many games are let's say less than 10 points that they're underdogs. Well, they're going to change now from what this yeah, is. That's, I, I got it. Yeah, that's, that's the up. point I'm making is because if they're 30-point dogs, which I don't think they could be. But they'll play USC. They might be. Yeah. yeah, but what I'm saying is if that's the case, I don't think this upgrade means a ton. Boom. But how many games Here, are there? Here's their schedule with their estimated power rating spreads back in August. Okay, so what we're saying – okay, perfect. All right, so let's just run through this real quick. So – um. Why does it say South Carolina State? I'm looking at Colorado. Colorado. Right? It's, they got every, Colorado team. every team is on there. Oh, that's Charlotte. Okay. Wow, that's weird. Okay. Where, where'd you get this from? Uh, Steve Mackinnon. Okay. Beeson. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So we got a TCU. All right. And it said 21. Perfect. Nebraska. Okay. So Colorado, the, uh, Colorado is favored by 7.5 against Colorado State. Right? It says minus 7.5. And, and so now it'll be 17.5 or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oregon, they're 28-point dogs, so at that point, they're still going to be big underdogs, right? Probably so 21. So it's not going to change those two games very much at all. What was 21? You're saying I'd that? say it would probably be 21. Yeah, or, or low. USC is 25. Ooh, so there are a lot of extremes here. All right, but then that's one other one. Or Well, actually, there's a lot of them. So let's keep looking at this. Arizona State, uh, so USC 25. Arizona State 10.5. So we're saying that's going to be like Arizona State – uh, favored by two or three. I, I would bet Colorado's favored. favored in that game. Yeah, Arizona State played poorly. So. Okay. Even at Arizona State, they might be favored. Stanford, be. they were favored. Now they would be by three and a half. So now it's yeah. going to be almost two touchdowns. UCLA is 20, so it becomes 10. So there's still a dog at that point, pretty big. Right. Now, this is interesting. UCLA yeah. So, so a, lot, a lot of these aren't swinging in the projections. Oregon State goes from 16 down to six or seven. So they're still big dogs. Arizona, this is interesting. They were five. The idea that there'd be like five now or whatever is mm-hmm. kind of wild. Okay. Washington State was 15. Now they're five or whatever. And then finally, Utah is 28 and a half. So they only got like two games they're going to be favored so in. This is interesting. Like four or five of the games, like they're still going to be double digit, you know, yeah. dogs in. So, so, maybe, so maybe this is scheduled dependent. So you know what? Maybe the 6.6 6 is or 6.2 is too aggressive. Well, for sure. I so I like AJ's number, five and a half. Let's go over five. Yeah, but you know what's interesting? 
if we really do this logically, a line that moves from seven to lane three is actually not about the points. It's about the percentage. We were talking about this before, going through these numbers. If you're 28, you don't just move it 10 points still. The theory is it might be 14 points you move it. I don't know if the market's going to do that. But right, you agree with me is to go from seven to, let's say, minus, uh, plus seven to minus three is going to be like going from plus 28 to like maybe 13. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and, and still, whether you're a 28 or a point dog, if you're a 28 point dog, you don't win. And if you're a 14 point dog, you win 0.15. You know, it's, it's still not going to be much of a win. Yeah. I don't like it as much. So, um, speaking of that, did we get our Nebraska? Did we get Nebraska? Or I'm sorry, what am I talking Nebraska? Did we go under Chicago? Did we get that action? Plus 120, under seven and a half. Okay, I plus 120. Yes. That's All right. a great number. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Fez is, and you know how like um, when superheroes come together, like at the Justice League or whatever, yeah. is someone who usually is the star of the show. They specialize, like Flash or whatever, might be like he's the messenger, right? They do what they do best, right? In my perfect world, Fez is doing no handicapping; he's just executing. Because he's like that, you know. That is my that is my I, I, in, in my ideal role. Exactly. I would just be like sitting at a trading desk. It's like Wall Street. Remember when they used to like with the buy orders? They'd walk uh-huh. on uh-huh. on over and like in the movie, like like Charlie Sheen's usually like trading three hundred shares, and he's like twenty thousand shares, and the guy has this frown on his face. He's talking to the girl. He's, Excuse me, <laughs> you know what's going on That's here? Right. They call it spe- uh, those. Are, they don't even have those anymore. But those are specialists, is what they used mm. to be called. They made a lot of money. Those guys because each each stock would have its own specialist. Mm. And it was their job to make sure there was an orderly market. So when things were like crashing in 87, the big crash, they were supposed to be buying on the way down. Yeah. A lot of them weren't. <laughs> let's just say uh, it's like war games when they said let's they did a test to see how many people would press the button. Right. And like uh, like 60 percent didn't. Because it had a human element. Until the pistol got put to their head, and then they all pressed it. Well, that's the way they depicted <laughs> yeah. it. But then they said, let's let the computer take over. And you know the rest of the story. <laughs> that was my Paul Harvey age. I don't know if you <laughs> know about that kind of thing. Um, I, I think that's a great discussion, actually. Is there anything else in Colorado about Colorado we should be talking about? Well, I think there's a segue here. Right. So we talk about confidence level of teams and the makeups of teams and what could change. So, so we're going to talk about NFL teams, right, RJ? And we're yes. going to talk about how their power ratings could change and how fragile some teams might be. But I think there's two elements to this. I thought you were going another direction. Yeah, you're right that the change either with fragileness or durability can be more or less expected in the future. And then there's a simple how confident are you right now? Yes. Malinsky used to say he puts a number on every team and he puts an A, B, C, D grade, so four different grades possible on any team, which is, hey, I've got them plus two, I got a C. So he's saying, I'm not that confident, but you got to put a number on them. So, and hey, I got them at plus three, the other team, A. So that's a way to think about it. What is your number and what is your confidence the numbers right? And then finally, as Faz said, what's your confidence or likelihood of there being significant changes in the future? All Open questions. So let's segue in. And without further ado, okay, so first thing we're going to do with each of these is say, based upon the win totals, this is the way it's supposed to go. So in the East, we got Buffalo, who would be the third seed 
based upon power ratings, but they win the division, or based upon win totals, they win the division. And then we would have the Jets coming in as the seventh seed, the last wild card. Miami out, New England out. What do we think? Any, any disagreements? The first question, do we look at maybe the Jets overtaking the Bills? It's a, you know, the idea, Bill Simmons was talking, do we just think the Jets are, or, or, or somehow, well, he's down on the Jets too, but the idea that the Bills are like this locked-in champion of that division, why? I don't think that's the case. I think we really have to start respecting the Jets in terms of their ability to win this division. The talent is there, and I think expectations are high because of Aaron Rodgers, but if you just take Aaron Rodgers out of the equation, look at the roster construction, and if I just told you let's place any top 10 quarterback in the NFL on that team, would they be a Super Bowl contender? And the answer is unequivocally yes. So if Aaron Rodgers can play like a top 10 quarterback, there's no reason to think that the Jets can't win this division. Here's what I think. I think the Jets' overall roster, non-quarterback roster, is very good. And I agree, you had a top 10 quarterback, they're a contender. I think you could say the same thing about the Bills. And I know the Bills have a top 10 quarterback this year. I don't know if the, I don't know if the Jets do. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is a top 10 guy. I'm certain Josh Allen's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league this year. I can't say that about Aaron Rodgers. I would honestly take, I think defensively both teams are close. I think the Jets have more offensive weapons than the Bills. I think you, Diggs and Garrett Wilson are very close now. I think the Jets have more weapons on the outside than the Bills do. Josh Allen's the great equalizer. So the running backs, the Jets dominate the running back position. And so it's, what do you have, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs or Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard? And- All right, yeah, yeah. Here's my question, though. One, I think we got to worry about this. The Bills have been down. It's hard to say you're buying high on the Bills. The Bills have been downgraded significantly. Yeah. In just the past month. In terms of just the past three games, and you use this example, right, when they when they're at Cincinnati, right, mm-hmm. where the Bills are laying two and a half in the jungle. By all accounts, the Bengals, many feel, are the best team in the this AFC. This is like week sixteen. I mean, yeah, it's the late. end of the year, and this is the Hamlin game, and the Bills are perceived to be four points better. Well, they are. the The market is valuing them as being four points better because they're laying two and a half on the road. Then Cincinnati, exactly. It was two and a half minus money. So now the question is, what's happened since? One game in the playoffs in which the Bengals dominated them. Do you know that's the only game the Bills lost by more than a field goal? Yep. So this is wow. a team that, you know, that literally, but since he's only lost after the first two games, they didn't lose any game by more than a field goal. I don't, th- I think that's right. So, I mean, these are two of the better teams, but now since he is clear, they got an 11 and the Bills are at 10 point, what are we at there? Eight? Yeah, 10.8. So, now, again, it looks like the Bills are good. Let me see. No, they've been 10-8, 10-9 the whole offseason. It just— No, oh, they had the game on—remember, the, the Bengals had the game on Halloween against the Browns where they just got smashed. So this is interesting. The Bengals are down—oh, yeah, against Cleveland. That was the one yep. game, actually. Um, yeah, that's—but I, I think that's the only—did they—they they lost to Pittsburgh. The, the Pittsburgh was an overtime, three points. Yeah. Dallas was three points. Yeah, so the only game they lost Baltimore all year was, was against the Browns, who they open up with yep. here. Yeah. Okay, so two really good teams, but now the Bengals opened up 11.5. They're 11. So right around that injury with Burrow and the uncertainty, it went to 11. Yeah, lingering uh, concerns, not just with the calf injury, but can it cause other injuries? But why would it have moved four points? Maybe you could say what happened in the playoffs is worth a point. 
I think it might be five quarters worth because the Bengals were dominating that Hamlin game also. Yeah. I mean, it was in the first quarter. It was a. They <laughs> I mean, were the Bengals. The in-game odds. Uh, the Bengals went, were minus one seventy-five when the game yeah, got so, discontinued. So uh, let's just say this: it wasn't a whole game. It means something, right? Yes. Anytime you have a quarter, even a quarter play, huh, I think the Bills are at the low. I don't think you can convince me the Bills should be lower. I think you can convince me they should be higher. So to me, now the question is: what kind of like the case that Scott's making is? Maybe they're even. I think if Scott... How, but it, my point is, if he's right, then it's a 50-50. If he's wrong, the Bills are better. I think statistically... I mean, here's the real question. If it was even money, who wins this division? Because at the payout price, I think it's a no-brainer. You probably go with the dog. But if, it's even, if I say I'm going to give you 10000 bucks if you're right, who's winning this division? You're taking the Bills. Yes. What if you put the Bengals in that division? Well, that'd be it. That'd we got, be. We got enough complications, right? Now. <laughs> uh, yes, at, at even money, I would take the bills. Yes. So I think here's what people, in fact, you can speak to this. If you, if I was playing you heads up in a uh, bracket picking contest, I would pick literally the chalk in every game. Yes, and March Madness pool. Y- yeah, yeah, the bra- Yeah, and the rationale there is, but. There's never been a, a you know a bracket that went like that. So you got to pick four upsets here and three upsets. Yeah, you do because the randomness of things is going to say it's not going to be pure chalk. But you know what the best odds are? That is pure chalk. And my best chance, curiously, would be after you selected everything to take the smallest favorite and take that one point favorite that you picked and mimic all your plays and take the one point dog because that way I'd have a 48% chance of winning and the more I deviated from it, the lower my chance of beating you. Now, unless you felt like the line, any, and that's the question we got to ask ourselves. We only change from the number if we think the actual number is off by that amount. Like when it comes to Seattle and San Francisco, I'm going to say we take San Francisco. Because I don't think Seattle should be favored right now to win the division. You just thought there was value on them at the number. Back when you took five to one. And, 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 you know, in pre-production, I don't know if you want to go over, like, like in in terms of the division betting. Because I really think this is the way that I approach this now. And I— Well, why don't we do this? I think—let's wait till we get to the division that you've got the specific bet, right? Yes. You you think that the Tennessee-Jacksonville is set up like that, right? Yes, and there's a couple others that are possible. Yeah, so that would be our third division. So that's perfect. So— we're, this is going to be mostly chalk unless we think the numbers are wrong, right? So I think let's go with Buffalo. And you're saying the Jets here at seven, you think that's low. You think they should be up a little bit there. Like, so what do you think the Jets win total should be? The fact is it's now 9.6, right? Mm-hmm. Dolphins are 9.5. It would, it's very reasonable that we would say put the Dolphins in and the Jets out if we believe that it's off by more than a tenth of a game. What do you think the Jets should be at, though? I think Higher. Yeah. Like 10-1? 10-2. All right. So my, fact- my, my problem with the Jets is, and I like this analysis, that the roster of the team is, is, is top-notch, and their quarterback play was terrible, and now we, they have a slight— it, it was bad. Bad. Like, and now they have a slight—remember, Mike White got hurt, and they, mm-hmm. they carted him back out there. He couldn't throw it all. Um, but if Rodgers is just, like, you know, a, a borderline top-10 quarterback, we expect great things from them. So I'm like, the math supports them, like Scott said, winning 10.2 games. 
But then I'm like, but wait a minute. They're on Hard Knocks, a, a show that was that you described as jet porn, mm-hmm. I believe. I didn't. I only saw the first two episodes, first episode actually, and the. And the the public loves the Jets. But here's what we know is the Jets on June 26th were at 9.7 wins. Okay? On August 1st, they went to 9.6. They're 9.6 right now. So despite the public, exactly, all betting over, this number has not moved an inch. Do we really know how much the public's betting over? I mean, I— We don't, but but I think that— yeah. Well, Mackenzie, we got a history of the hard knocks effect. So if you if you need a minute to pull that, just tell me when you got it. Sure. All right. And I also think that Fez said if if Rodgers plays like a top ten quarterback, but the last time we saw Rodgers, he wasn't even a top twenty quarterback. And I think that's the concern, especially given yeah, his age. I don't know about that. He was hurt. I mean, like what I'm saying is those. You think about it. Like I've played a good bit of basketball. I I used to play. <laughs> Sandlot football. If my hand, like if I got a broken thumb, it affects things. I know these are NFL players, but he, I don't know if his thumb was broken, but he had a bad hand. He was disengaged. Now, that to me, that you take 40 million or whatever he was taking and you're, or 50 and you're disengaged, that's an indictment. But he does seem engaged. I heard Josh Allen was not playing at 100 percent at the end of the year. I don't know why I didn't hear any of this at the end of but at the well, end of the season. About it. He had the, he had that alt, the elbow. Yeah. elbow. Yeah, but they really minimized it. You know, and but that's what teams do. <laughs> yeah. So so, but if you look at Green Bay at the end of the year, they were I think 10th in DVOA. So I I don't think Rodgers could be 20th and that team be 10th. Okay. Right. I mean, but, he, but but we've talked about this a lot. He's this is his 40 year old season. He's going to turn 40 this year. Like, and who's good at that age? But but usually, well, you know, I was going to say usually doesn't happen all at once. It kind of does. Yeah. Right. You like, know, Brett man, Favre was great when he went to Minnesota. Yeah. For you know, former Green Bay quarterback and MVP. You know, oh, level he went playing. to the Jets first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And he was good. When he was the Jets, they were eating three well, before there he got some hurt. Sexual, but wasn't there some sexual harassment thing or something? Too? Some pictures were sent. <laughs> all right. To all right. him? So <laughs> I have soured on Miami a little bit. I think Tua, I'm not so worried about Tua, though I am. There's risk there. But then I think about it, the D-line, and I think this is one of the most fragile – oh, I'm sorry, the O-line, the, one of the most fragile teams, where if Armstead gets hurt, the left tackle, they're in trouble. Right. Well, they're already in trouble, though. Yeah, I mean, he's been hurt for you know time in memoriam, as they said. And then, if either of the receivers gets hurt, all of a sudden now you got one good receiver that changes the game, right? Tyreek or what? Waddle. Yeah. And we're much more worried about Tyreek, obviously, because yeah, he's got he, a history of getting banged up playing through it. Yeah. And 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 then you would make the case two is then the the fifth. Where, where, let me see the fourth guy that if any of them gets hurt. And now Ramsey's already been hurt, and not that he's necessary, but it's a big loss. Let me ask you. I have Miami better than the Jets, mm-hmm. but I have the Jets. I, th- I think their Jets are projected to do better than Miami because Miami's more fragile. I agree with that. 100. Meaning if they played heads, if they were playing each other on a neutral, I would take Miami at pick them over the Jets right now. Especially with Rodgers' first game. If you give me a heads-up win total over the season, I'm taking the Jets. I agree with that. And I think that segues into, and we are going to have you know our full weekly preview every week this season, and we'll be covering this game. But I look at this Chargers bet, and I think, okay, so right now the Chargers are hosting, quote-unquote we'll say, the Dolphins, and the current number 
What are we seeing out there, Mackenzie? I know three, but like, is it three flat? What are we looking at? Three flat. Now, what is the case there? The Chargers are somehow better by what are we saying for home now? Two and there's yes, and, there's and they no, don't get that. They don't. Chargers don't get no two for one, maybe. One, yeah, one. Well, what do you think? Is that a lot? You think I one? might give them one and a half for traveling across the country, but it doesn't matter. But it's week, week one. one. Exactly. My, Miami's play or Miami travels pretty well. There's a mm-hmm. lot of transplants of Miami too. You know, where in LA you're going to get transplants. Nobody cares about um, AJ's Chargers. No, no one likes that team. They're it's a Rams town. Well, so yeah, I agree in town. So my point is, how's this three? It's saying Miami. It, if you think about it, we're saying what two points better. So that means they would have to be a whole win above them. Yeah, right. I, I, I mean, uh, Miami three seems to be an automatic take. Chargers nine point eight, Dolphins nine point five. It doesn't it's, make any it's, sense. It's Can 20? we find the number from Week fourteen last year? Miami went to the Chargers. Yeah, but what, I mean, what was the quarterback situation for Miami? Was two of there? Uh, week fourteen, I think he was. Let me check. Yeah, two played. All right. So, w- w- so in that game, it was uh, week fourteen last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, oh. 23-17 final. Spread was Miami minus three. Miami minus three. And it was in Miami? No. no. It was at the Chargers. Really? Mm-hmm. How can that be? There was a lot of injuries. The headline here at ESPN says, Herbert, shorthanded defense, lead Chargers past Finns, 23-17. Oh, Herbert, whatever he does is, is miraculous. <laughs> he plays defense Unbelievable. Oh, AJ got so worked up, he almost like destroyed the – he just hit the mic as hard as he could. He's like, that's the best headline McKenzie's ever read. <laughs> was that the game? Oh, that was the game, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. All questions have been answered. That's so great. <laughs> it's so great we called you on your bullshit is what's great. By oh, the more reason to like Miami, so they got re- they, they got revenge. Not that revenge yeah. matters, but it, it's not a negative. You well, know? remember now, Staley, let's give credit where credit's due. By accounts, Staley came up with the approach that kind of stymied Miami for a while last year, right? It was a different defensive approach. I think that is what he's um, – uh, McDaniels oh, – I'm sorry, is that how you say it? What's his McDaniel. name? McDaniel. McDaniel. Uh, but it's McDaniel's with the Raiders. Josh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah okay. Um, he's been tinkering with that the whole off season, right? Though he he found, you know, I tell you this, I like under in this game too. I I what I know highest f- total on the board fifty one. Is that right? I know for sure, for sure that my that, that the Chargers are running that that would because uh, there's a new show on um, uh, the Athletic football feed. In which it's Chase Daniel, right? That you've seen the backup Chase Daniel yeah. for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. He's now in the media, and they're doing a show once a week of talking. They're only talking quarterbacks, so the whole show's quarterbacks, right? Well, the first show was last week. He was with the Chargers the last two or three years. He said that the difference with you know he was a big Lombardi guy. Most people aren't, but he says what he knows from talking to everyone because he's talking to him. Is they're fixated on the run game. They got to be able to run the ball. So I think Chargers run a ton. I think Miami runs. I think this thing goes under. And the, uh, Miami should run more. And the Chargers. I like this. The Chargers didn't play the starters in preseason, so there've been maybe st- they start a little slow. There's been studies that show that the if, if it hurts team, you early, it hurts you early. And where's it hurt you on offense? Now speaking of that, um, am I right that did, did could you look at Jared Goff and see how much the the Lions played their starters? I don't think they did. They didn't. I, I like Kansas City in the first quarter of that game mm. Thursday because Andy Reid plays his guys hard 
And let's be honest, Andy Reid is a master tinkerer. When, think about when he has a bye, right? Well, how about when he has the whole offseason? Mm. I think they come out with a couple tricks, and may, I might actually like over in the first quarter, too, because I think the same thing. Detroit's got a master play caller over there. You know, I, I see a lot of – I like over in the game, but I think first quarter's even – I like that too. I, Which one? Uh, the the first quarter, and like like you said, Patrick Mahomes and it, when he play, he didn't play well in the first preseason game. Like we just thought he was going to play a couple series and be done. They hear like, nope, starters are playing again week two of the preseason because they it, they didn't look right. So I think that to me that's a much better approach than just not playing starters at all. Mm-hmm. So I would think early in that game, especially Kansas City is going to be way sharper. I think so. You How like about that? A, yeah, I do. How about a prop bet? Uh, team to score first touchdown. Well, then, isn't that really dependent on who wins a coin toss? Oh, it's well, part this, of it. This all depends on the coin toss. But you know, that's the luck. But but the thing that what I'm saying is, with Goff being rusty, now he's got to get them all the way into the end zone to beat me. See that that's interesting. Even if they win the toss, yeah. See now that's an interesting point. The question becomes, how much advantage would an offense have to have if you knew the other team was going to get the coin flip? You knew. What kind, at what point at even money would you bet the team not getting the the coin flip on a first quarter bet? I think the total would have to be below thirty eight, and if if the total is thirty eight or less, I don't care who gets the ball. Well, it means less. I I actually think the if the total is thirty five. Oh, because because you're saying there's a negative EPA at a certain point. If they don't get a first down, it hurts to get the ball. Well, and and also the defenses have the biggest edge than the first drive. That's it's the hardest because drive to score. Is that is that because with if you're home if you're the home team defense or all? Defense? I think all defenses. My my because the the defenses when they get tired they become more vulnerable. So it's a lot easier. You, you see why is third quarter higher scoring than first quarter? You know why 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 can nobody stop anybody seemingly? You know with five minutes left in the in a half because so these, defense gas. So these are the insights that make you so good at the in game betting where you ju- you look you're able to look at the situation, know the history look at the number and make quick decisions with it. So I think when you share these little tidbits, we should point them out this season of, hey, this is something to put in your pocket for in-game. Yeah, right? and pursuant to that, the number one thing I do, what do what, RJ, what do you think I do 30 seconds after the games all kick off other than not answer your phone call? Eat, no, eat Doritos. <laughs> I take I take my, my, my green magic marker, mm-hmm. I, take, I, I take my schedule, and I just put a green highlight through every team that starts with the ball. So now I've got it. Okay, okay. So now I know who gets the ball. Second half's the team that doesn't have the green by it. Okay, that makes sense. That's a that's a tip there. All right. So does anyone? So first of all, let's you know. Actually, is there any reason not? I mean, we're just wait, we know it's not going to three and a half, right? I think we take this three, right? Like take it. Well, we live in Vegas, so I'm gonna smash smash parlay cards like crazy plus three and a half on that game. Okay. I know, I know, I know they'll round it up because it's like three point oh two. It's it, it's a flat three, and on flat threes get rounded up. So I'm going to be playing parlay cards plus three and a half. Okay, but what I'm saying is looking at the the side, but it doesn't prevent you from laying three on the side, does it? Um, it basic Kelly Criterion basically does because I think I can get five dimes on them plus three and a half at least. You know, so it, it's like there's no reason for me to to, to gamble plus three when I'm got when I'll have this huge exposure plus three and a half. Hopefully more. You know, but this is interesting. So, what do you think? I right, so what, see. I never would have thought this. So, let's think about this real quick. I believe the line should be. 
Okay, I understand. I was thinking the three and a half was going the other way. You're saying you think the parlay cards are going to have where we're getting three and a half with Miami. So why play three? Because, okay. Yeah. All right. So I'll just put them on every card. Wham, 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 wham. Because it'd probably be the best play on the card. 55% so, play, even if three is correct. So would you, yeah, which is hard to imagine. So, and so three teamers pay six to one, not six, four, one, but six, two, one. They pay six and a half, four, one. All right, so usually, five and a half, two, one. Usually I'll play the five teamer that pays 25. All right, so that, there's less vig in that. It's, yeah, it's like minus 115. Now, do you, how, when you get to that fourth and fifth pick, do you sometimes pick four teams on a half line and just bet each side of them to get it? No, I, I just, I just, there's usually 20 games that there's, that, that are somewhat attractive. Like, example, Baltimore's playing Houston. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Make it nine and a half, I'll lay it. Make it 10 and a half, I'll take it. You know, there's, these are ties. This is a half point, card? half point card. Okay, okay. Half point. So you can see like the dilemma for the poor, the, the odds maker, like the Arizona game is, is sitting on seven. Washington, Arizona, I'd lay six and a half. I'd take seven and a half. Not, you know, for a big bet, but other ones, fine. They're probably both 52 and a half percent. Okay. Now, these these parlay cards will have college and pro. Yes. So then you get a chance to go deeper. Yeah. See, I think I'd, it matters how many. But there could be a scenario if there's no value in a fourth or fifth game that you'd want to take the lay a little extra vig and, and, and just play three, right? Exactly. And, and an example of that could well be, well, let's say I'm losing all my parlay cards and nothing is lining up, right? And so I'm like, oh, all my cards are dead and this game's about to kick off. Well, then I'll bet the plus three. Yes. All right, so let's think about this a second. So let's assume that we're paying five and a half to one, right? So 100 wins you 550, returns you 650, right? Okay. And I haven't checked what the current, but there haven't been any parlay cards out yet. So yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to fundamentally check. I mean, it's yeah. been the same for a long yes. time, right? I think when I won my first bet, 20 bucks, four teamer, I won the first thing I ever bet, like as a 13 year old, and I got 200 back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was 10 to 1 back then. Or I guess 10 to 1. I got 220 back. Oh, yeah. 10, yeah. 11, 4, 1, 10, 2, 1. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now I'm saying I want to take, I want to get this down to a two teamer. So I'm going to bet both sides. So let's say I'm betting 100 to win 550. No, let's say 10,000. No, 100, we'll keep it simple. But now I'm actually going to split out and have on the half point. I'm just betting both sides of one of the games. So now what we're effectively doing is cutting my return in half, right? So, yeah, and you're, you're going to come out negative EV doing that. All right, so that's, you, I, that's what I was trying to think yeah, about. Yeah, so you basically got a really good – got a .5 call it a .56 play with Miami. Mm-hmm. All right, so I got a 56% play. In, on average, your, your three plays are going to have to average 50, like 54%, okay? Okay. So, so, so if you've got one play that's fifty six percent, you can't just chuck in two fifty percent plays, you know, with it. You need to go ahead and find well, other. I wasn't saying two. I was saying two for the third leg, yeah, and then but, and then the theory. But, but there's was, never a reason to to compromise and take okay. a fifty percent play. Go ahead, go, go no, ahead. No, no, no that's. Yeah. I was just thinking about what what the two teamers effectively paying. Yeah. Would be. Let's think about this. So you're going to win half the time, right? It's it's random. So you're going to have two twenty five come back. So you're betting ten. To, or 100 to win 225 at that point on a two-teamer. Yeah. Okay. So that shows you how much vig there are in these three teamers. That's right. But since there's the college games, I think you're right. Now, would I, now here's the you thing. You can play Hawaii plus three and a half against Stanford. That worked out great. Here's what I think, though. So who's got the best half-point parlay cards in town? I will get back to you on it. Okay. So, so um, because this is the first week, like, Caesars didn't even put any out last week. All right. I like this because I believe the Chargers— I think the line should be two in the game. 
So I mean, so I, now you're now, now you're you're going through the three again, sixty percent. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is it, it feels like something I'd want to build something a little more elaborate around this game myself because I I'm ready to bet a full unit at minus three minus one ten. This is better. Yeah, because if if the line should indeed be two and a half, then so we just then fifty fire on the fifty percent of the time you cover plus two and a half. So 60% of the time you cover plus three and a half. Yeah. But maybe if somehow the half pointers might go to two and a half, right? And if then, so, then, you just then it confirms through. the 60% point. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, um, but we wouldn't think of it as a 60% play at that point. The three and a half would be a 60% yeah, play. Yeah. So when do the parlay cards come out? Typically Thursday night. Thursday night? Yeah. Third, well, they, I'm sorry. Correction. Thursday. Because they got, it's got to be printed before the Kansas City game goes. Mm-hmm. So Thursday day. All right. Now also... That Thursday game dictates Survivor, right? So the rationale there is if Kansas City wins, you don't think there's an overlaying Survivor. I think, I think I'm getting raked indirectly. Not from Circa, but from all the, all the people that are going to enter. Because remember, if you— if the people, Did you say raped or raked? I said raked. Okay, I guess. So, so <laughs> inevitably, let's say there's 9,000 9, Survivor entries. So there's no overlay, okay? Right. 8,000 is the guarantee. So the overlay is because of the guarantee if they have less than 8,000. Right. Okay. Now, normally, Kansas State is only 6.5-point favorite, all right? There's a 10-point favorite. So normally, I would think— uh, maybe only 5% of the people would pick, pick Kansas City. But I think in this case, it's going to be more like 10 to 12% because there's a rule. Should you lose your entries, you can re-enter. It's like Daniel Negreanu, you know, the bust out Rebuy. of a poker tournament. Rebuy, baby. Now, what's the limit of the number of entries you can have? 10. So these are for people that 10 isn't enough. That's right. So that basically they want to guarantee that they're starting out well, so they'll buy 10 Chuck, shove with Kansas City on all 10, and if Kansas City loses, they'll just rebuy and get their next 10 and shove with Baltimore what or whoever else they want. What percentage of people do you think are doing that, though? Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be locals, and most of the most of the people who are playing this are... Doesn't have to be locals. No, once just you, need, yeah, well, I mean, I guess you'd oh, have, you have to, to be back to rebuy. Yeah yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Yeah. but but Or if you're from Jersey or anywhere else, you fly in for the weekend... And you're, you know, tell the wife excuse. I got to go back to Vegas Friday. Kansas City <laughs> lost. No, no. I think you fly in Wednesday and stay the weekend, and mm. you can operate however you want. So this is fascinating. So your point is, it's not just that they got a free winner in the books. It's be, it's that if they if they lose, they get a chance to rebuy. So what scenario are you hoping for? I want Kansas City to lose. Okay. Because then I'm going to go and max bet my 10 because but, now they've created a 10% overlay for me because they started 0-1 and, and I'm starting 0-0. So all that money goes into the pool. They had to pay double to play all those people But if do we this. think that's a sharp play that we're afraid of, why don't we do it? Because it's, because it's not a sharp play. There's no advantage to play Kansas City. It's a disadvantage, actually. Well, your ability to rebuy, if you're maxed out. The ability out to rebuy, isn't, isn't, it, 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 it does not help your equity per contest. It's, it, it, it's a poor choice to take Kansas City as a six-and-a-half-point six point favorite. That, that's not the, an optimal choice. The biggest choice. favorite this week is like seven, right? No, ten, the Ravens Baltimore. are ten, yeah. Oh, it's up to ten now. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So it's a poor choice so to take. Lamar in a new offense the first game. <laughs> Didn't play in preseason either. But um, Kansas City's an incorrect choice, but I can see why some people are going to go with it for, because they just want to have fun. This is a recreational move. Well, I, to make well, sure I don't know about a better that. Chance to get I don't think people are betting 10 of them and then 10 more. 
So they're not spending twenty dimes for fun. People going to people going and paying like like ten thousand for a bungalow at the Win um, Day Club for for a day. It's a very rarefied group that's doing that. They, they got a different Fez's friends. They got a different Ace idea of, of spades, fun. Twenty five hundred. I think they would have been on Epstein's island probably if it. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, twenty thousand for how, how many do you think will take KC if there's t- let's say there's nine thousand entries? Do you think it'll be nine hundred? I'm going about ten percent. Well, I think in a normal week it'd be more, right? Because less, I, less with a ten-point favorite. You want to save, you want to save Kansas City, right? And remember, Washington's a seven-point favorite against Arizona, and Washington's god awful. People are going to want to use Washington. Yeah, because when are you going to uh, use them again? Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. So, here's what I'm thinking. So, but I don't understand why necessarily it's a. You're saying because Kansas City's a bad bet. As a survivor pick, it's a bad move. But if if Kansas City were the best survivor pick this week, and now you do got to consider when are they going to be a bigger favorite down the road. But if they were a survivor pick, a good one this week, you wouldn't mind this approach. The problem you have with it is it's a it's a suboptimal first pick. That's right. Okay. And then even, well, though, it's, like, even though it's suboptimal, if it wins, it's still an advantageous play. It's still like if you told me right now, Fez, you got to take Kansas City, you got to use the Chiefs, but I guarantee you they win. Well, absolutely, give them, give, give me Kansas City. It just feels like if 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 you're saying ten percent of the people are going to make a suboptimal week one play, win or lose. That seems like a contest you want to be in, right? I'm getting uh, no because they're they're making the suboptimal play because they they just want to have a whole bunch of entries, and I'm basically getting raked three percent. So, so if ten percent choose, what I would answer that question at is saying, well, you have a choice. Your choice is to guarantee that you know the advantage of the suboptimal that they do by picking KC and buy in before, or have a. 35% chance or whatever you want to call it of having a mat of 10% of the people being eliminated and I get to buy in fresh. So it, it, you can only have one or the other, right? So you'd if, rather if, have if, the, it, if it's really good for my equity for these for, for Kansas City to lose, it's got to be bad for my equity for them to win. Yeah, yeah. Though, yeah. So the the real the real advantage of taking exploiting them is acting if they lose. If they win, they got away with it, in a way, is the way to think about it. Yeah, right? it would almost be like, like it's, it's like the first hand of a poker tournament. A guy just like randomly just goes with big big blinds and antes, and he goes, I'm all in, and everybody folds. All right? And he didn't even look at his cards. Now, but if there was an op- if they said, start the tournament, AJ, do you want to buy that seat? Make, if you weren't playing and you were just thinking of playing, maybe you would buy the seat if that's the only time that you could. But if they let you say, hey, let's see how this turns out and you can decide if you want to buy this seat, that would be – you'd wait to the yeah. hand flipped, right? And maybe maybe, maybe you're like, hey, I just lost 3% of my chips from the ante. Who cares? I still like it, all right? But I can't like it as much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I think we do. If, it, if, if Detroit wins – because it's 10 per person, right? Yes. Maybe we do where you get 10, I get 10, and then you do your 10 however you want, and we split my 10, and we do it as a little mini pod that we do every week or so. Because people love this survive. I, I I think I think we have to. And, you know, the one thing I will caution everyone who's entering Survivor, this sounds it's like so much fun. It's $8 million, winner take all, probably be like a 10-way chop. 
it is going to likely ruin your Thanksgiving and your Christmas with family because Christmas is a double week. Thanksgiving is as well. So if you're well, first alive, off, if you're alive, things family can wait. Well, <laughs> and if you're there, alive there, there come you Thanksgiving, there you go. But 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 if you're alive come Christmas, you're going to have equity of like this is like a four hundred thousand in equity. So you're 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 warning people. About I'm warning this. people. Tell you better tell your family. I might be well, very busy during baby, Christmas. Maybe tell them the odds of you being alive at Thanksgiving. It's not worth saying. Wait until maybe the yeah. 10th of November. But, but really, and your equity won't be that high, but by Christmas, your equity is going to be through the roof. I don't know. I mean, listen, there's par- the NFL has more parity. I mean, you look at these lines, there's a lot of small lines. I mean, in general, I think the NFL— That's why you're going to have lots of parity if you're alive. Well, oh, you're saying it's so unlikely you're still yeah, alive. Yeah, I think that it's I harder the more parity there is, yeah. right? I would say every after every two weeks, roughly— you're, you've got about just a little over a 50% chance to survive a two-week period, two two picks. Okay. So, yeah, we'll talk about strategy. I mean, hell, maybe it's going to be worth us doing one of these no matter what. See, I kind of feel like well, we'll talk about it. But stay tuned. Stay tuned. So this is the Dream Preview, and we got a full house. Scott Seidenberg, Steve Fezzik, two-time Super Contest champion. He'll tell you about it. A.J. Hoffman, he's part of the 1%. Well, last year— and last man standing was in the final 1%. Fresno. Cash for zero, though. Cash for zero. But still, I'm R.J. Bell. McKenzie behind the glass. Isolated. <laughs> Is he contagious? Contained. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nothing. I mean, New England, there's nothing really to talk about, so we keep moving. I mean, listen, they got a tough schedule. 7.2. I it's like the current season. Boy, that you know what? Has Belichick possibly slipped? Is he starting to lose it? No, God. No. I mean, listen, what's going on, AJ? My cord got stuck. You're having a lot of trouble over there. I, I sit over here at the kids' table, and things well, aren't. You can, there's all kind of tables. You can figure out anything. I, you well, want. I know. I just my cord. It's there's a long rope right. for my. Just uh, making sure cord. you're not. I'm good. In convulsions or something. No, I'm good. Um, here's the thing. Do, do you know what um Herb, Her, Herbert's record is? As a as an NFL player, I do not. You, you know that I don't. I think it's twenty five and twenty four. Pull it out. Let's make sure. Winning well, twenty five and twenty five. If you count the playoffs. All right. So twenty five and twenty five. And what's New England's uh, since Brady? I believe it's twenty five and twenty five. I think it is. So I don't know Herbert versus you know the ghost of Cam Newton. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, someone's doing poorly. I don't think we'd want to focus on Belichick at this point too yeah. much. I, I think here's the question. Did, have they had a top half of the league quarterback any season since? Oh, God, no. They got total stiffs there. Cam Newton when he was washed and, yeah, you know, and I would worse. make the case that Mac Jones' his, his rookie year was close to 15, 16th or 17th. But I think he would have been coaching. 18th or 20. Yeah. So, so my point is – who goes 500 in the NFL with horrible quarterbacks? Steelers and the Patriots. I mean, I think the Houston Texans did it for years. Well, yeah, but that was in a very weak division. Yeah, and they, you know, so the point I'm saying is, I think you could make the case that Belichick's actually overperformed. Yeah, I agree. Unless you want to critique him for drafting Mac Jones and him not being an elite quarterback because he is the GM. Effectively, so I don't know. I don't know. But there's, as with Bill O'Brien, there's a big difference between your coaching acumen and your GM acumen. Yeah, but the GM acumen is what won them the six Super Bowls because he yeah. effectively was the GM the whole time. So I don't think he got stupid with it. But again, there, it, 
there's two drop-offs at a certain age, right? And anyone that's had parents or grandparents, you see it. One is energy, and two is how the the Pistons are firing when it comes to you know analysis, acumen. Go ahead. Well, I, one thing about Belichick, the GM, I would say is he, in a way, he got lucky. How? A, he found Tom Brady in the in at the end of the draft, mm-hmm. but B, he also found the one quarterback who is like at this mega level who was willing to take sub-market contracts almost the entire time he was there. So it made it easier for him to keep that team competitive. Yeah, well, I mean, Aaron Com- Rodgers... Competitive is a little bit of an yeah. understatement. Aaron, well, yeah, yes. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> did a bit... Like, Brady used to take $5 million less. Like, maybe you could make the case in Tampa it was $10 million. Aaron Rodgers just gave back what, like, like was 30. it thirty <laughs> yeah. million? Is he even getting paid this year? No one's done that before. No. We didn't bring that up as here's why the Jets are good. It wasn't even a conversation, right? We just covered the Jets. I I think it's a small. I mean, what was the salary cap back then? A hundred. If it's five percent of it, is it meaningful? Yes, but it was more Tom Brady PR, in my opinion. Um, that's interesting. Here's what I know: if you look at any team that wins in the NFL it's hard it's hard to keep winning it really if you're drafting 30th 28th 32nd and then you lose picks sometimes I mean you know I don't know why Mm. is these teams just don't do well you gotta have like you gotta have a a Brady level Hall of Fame quarterback a, a Hall of Famer but Big Ben was a Hall of Famer and they had eight and eight years out the wazoo Never had a losing year. Yeah, but they had eight and eight years a couple of times. You know, after they won the Super Bowl in forty, they had a two straight eight and eight years. Drew Brees had a, a seven win game. It, I think a he had two years. seasons. Yeah, yeah, right. So I mean, what we're saying is that that you know Aaron Rodgers they had a couple five win seasons. He broke his collarbone, whatever. That never even even when the Patriots lost Brady the first game, they won eleven. Yeah, that, right. I mean, that was the most incredible. Yeah, job. but that was probably their best team, the team that went undefeated yeah. the year before. Randy Moss was still there. Okay, so now we're moving to, and quickly now, but this has been a great conversation so far, so kudos to everyone. Um, Cincinnati, number one, Baltimore as the first wild card in our math or the win total math. Does anyone disagree with this? I do. All right, so what do you got? I, I like the Ravens to win the division. Uh, I, I, I just my concerns about Joe Burrow, like starting slow, obviously again, and then I keep reading about the the chances of re-injury for this calf. I think the the Bengals are. We talk about the the teams that are very dependent on a couple guys. I think the Bengals are near the top of that list, and we've seen the Ravens without Lamar, and they're certainly not at the same level they are with him. But we've seen them still remain competitive. I, I think without Joe Burrow, the Bengals fall apart. Well, but the only time that's pertinent is if they both lose their quarterback. Right. And then at that point, we think the Steelers or the Browns win the division. Sure. Right? So I, I think this is more you think Burrow getting hurt is a greater chance. Yes. Except Lamar's missed like two the yes. last two half seasons, right? You know, AJ brings up a great observation here because if you look at the pricing and this, so this when is, are you gonna say the joke? I've never heard you say that. A great observation. You're going to like this. So if you look at the disparity, there are like no divisions that are there's. It's unclear who should be favored. It's 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 crystal clear who the the number one team to win the division is. But if the closest division of all things is this division, where you've got Cincinnati plus one sixty, Baltimore plus two twenty. Now that sounds 
a good ways apart, but that's only 60 cents apart, and every other division has a bigger discrepancy. Okay. So, personally, I'm significantly down on Baltimore here. Hmm. I, I think we got a quarterback or a OC that is used to being at Georgia. Right. So, I mean, okay, they keep saying at a high state, well, you know, it's so easy to throw to the open guy. Well, how do you think it's been at Georgia lately? Right. And and again, obviously, offense hasn't even been their strong suit, but somehow he was with them. So that's important. Mm -hmm. The the premise of the Ravens season. This is what I don't understand. I keep hearing the Ravens are are geniuses, (laughs) whatever they do, they're geniuses. Right. They, they cheat. They, like, hold when it they're not allowed matter. to. It doesn't matter. They're geniuses. Every yes. move they make is brilliant. Like, when everyone else cared about positional value, and they did too, see, they're at the forefront of positional value. But then they pick a safety and a center in the first round. Oh, they knew one to zag. Finally, someone says there's enough value that positional value doesn't matter. Get the slow safety. I don't know. I don't know how good they are. I just know I've never he- heard them criticized. Hmm. Again, you could go back to the Ray Rice thing, but when it comes to anything about talent, now listen, they are good, but it seems to be like when Warren Buffett buys a stock, it's going up because he bought it. I tell you where the stock didn't go up is getting up by 14 points. They lost more games where ESPN said they had like a 95% chance to win than any team in NFL history. What is the premise of this season? That Lamar Jackson can throw a lot better than the offense allowed him to last time, last season, season before, since his MVP season. He hasn't thrown great statistically. Now, my question is, how could the Ravens, who never make a mistake, make such a mistake as to keep their OC last year when it was, he was time to move mm. on? I don't get it. Because you're saying that, that literally this offense was tailored to Lamar more than any offense in the NFL. Right? Or maybe maybe Philly meets that criteria now with Hurts. I would say Arizona did last year as well. Uh, how so? Cliff and, and He wasn't Tyler. running near as much. So, like, what was the thing that customized it? Like, the Cl- air raid. The, the air, like, yeah. They, it, he, Cliff took an air raid court. He took the guy that he, like, that was his hand-picked guy. And okay. Like, Murray but could what, op- but, really only operate in that, yeah. you know, optimally. Or it would, the learning curve would have been a lot higher. But they weren't running the air raid in the NFL. They just weren't. Mm. So, I mean, what, just from the eye test, let's, let's – Forget about like what we know because we're not X's and O's coach. We're not coaches. So what did you see with Arizona that said, "Oh, they said just because they were out of the shotgun"? Because yeah. most of these teams are in the shotgun the whole time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Burrow's in the shotgun the whole time, right? That was the big thing. They started multiple out. wide receivers. You know, what, what year is this? Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, yeah. So maybe there's little nuanced things, but look, it was literally, hey, we're going to be a five or a six back attack, whatever you. And now other teams have adopted it, but the Ravens were one on one at that point. Right when Lamar came in, they had a different offense. They were running something no one else was running, and extremely uh, effective. And then you, I think you documented like, hey, they got when they have to play a team for the second and the third times, not as good. Yeah, they get more familiar. But now all of a sudden we're saying that offense is what held Lamar back. So now the question is, okay, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But let's assume you're right. What is our what is our thesis? Our thesis, if you assume that's right, is Lamar <clears throat> is a really good thrower because we're going to now diminish the running 
Because by definition, if you have an offense about running and then you change it and make it more conventional, you can't run as effectively. You can't right. both so, run. So, so basically you've got Army or Navy adding three good wide receivers. Except, again, I'm going to question that. Because one of the wide receivers is supposed to be good is a guy that's been there for two years. Bateman. Yeah. So yeah. why what, all of a sudden he's good? No. I think Flowers is good. And I think OBJ is good. So we're not talking about a rookie we think is good that we have no real He looks good in two, in two preseason games. And, and listen, you know what? That's better than not. I mean, yeah. meaning if he looked bad, it'd be worse. Yeah. Right? But Chase, if I remember, couldn't catch the ball. Oh, the strike. I remember that. I remember everyone was like, why didn't they take the lineman? I forgot his yeah, name. Yeah, Pat Soule from yeah, Detroit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so my point is, and let me open this up to you guys, it seems like the media is telling us that this – is just a natural transition. The junior becomes a senior. And, you know, the larvae becomes the butterfly. This feels like the whole premise of why Lamar had his own offense was he couldn't run this kind of offense. And you know what? Maybe he can. But to act like there's no uncertainty is foolish to and, me. And no preseason reps on top Which of it. Which is strange. And Baltimore always starts out fast. Are they going to start out fast without any work in this offense? Probably not. I have numbers on that preseason in week one. Go ahead, please. So if uh, last year 11 teams didn't play their starting quarterback in the preseason, they mm-hmm. went 3-8 and eight straight up in week one. And wow. there's eight teams this year that didn't play their quarterback at all in the preseason. The Ravens are one of them. Why don't you read those eight off? I, I Ravens, all right. uh, Eagles, mm-hmm. Bengals, mm-hmm. Chargers, mm-hmm. Vikings, mm-hmm. Lions, mm-hmm. Rams, Cowboys. Did the Titans play? Did you? Uh, I, oh, did Tannehill not play? I don't think Tannehill played. I, I think he took like four snaps. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Three and eight. I, okay. And, you know, it's probably going to be something we want to research, actually. You know, Mackenzie, we could do that by just stack ranking the uh, preseason stats and, and figure it out for each year pretty quick, I think. I think someone yep. texted this. Cleve T.A. Mm-hmm. Was, was on Twitter. Yeah. And I think he texted this. Yeah, I think he did this research. But you mean going back year after year and seeing how, how I don't know been. how far back he, back he went. Okay. On, on not, look. Yeah, if he didn't play your, your starting quarterback. All right. Cleve which, T.A. Which, yeah, yeah I'm familiar with him. Is the um, it, it strikes me that this speaks to what we were talking about with the Kansas City-Detroit. Right is maybe the first quarter. What I'm going to be interested in is find the games and see how the first quarter. Yeah, goes. Mahomes obviously played a couple, you know, a lot of snaps in a couple games. Let's so go. I have the data from Klefta. Uh huh. <laughs> if that's how you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. Um, 27 quarterbacks did not take a snap in preseason since 2016. Okay. Excluding 2020 due to COVID, so oh, we didn't I count that, that season. I accept that. All right. Only 33 percent of the time did those quarterbacks' teams go over their team total. They went under by an average of 5.2 points. Okay, now, first off, that is a great way to identify the issue. How good is the offense? Mm-hmm. Nothing, all right, I like that. Uh, those quarterbacks accounted for an average of 19.5 points per game. Um, it says here an aggregate EPA DB of plus 0.033 right. and a success rate of 46.9% in week one. Mm-hmm. And that compares to 24.5 points per game plus 0.086 EPA per play and a 48.2% success rate in all other games that season. So I think that puts that's the, a perfect analysis. I think that puts the kibosh on me wanting to play the Detroit Kansas City over and I just and I want to play KC even more in the first quarter like you Yeah, you know. I like that. I li- I mean it's interesting to see how it and and you're saying that team totals for the game though. There's mm-hmm. no sense of early yep. okay. And then 19 quarterbacks who started that week 1 game 
versus the opposing quarterback who did play that preseason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eight, ten, and one ATS minus five ATS margin. For the whole game. And what I'd be interested in is if two of these teams play each other, right? Do any of these under. teams you go under for the game, right? So Philly, Unfortunately, they don't. None of them. Okay. Huh. Well, at least there's an advantage. I'm gonna look. What I'm gonna do is look at the team total for each of these eight and just cherry pick. Yeah. Right? Is I maybe play three or four of them. You know. If yeah. Cincy. I mean, we saw last. Year, I mean, in a way, Cincy's a repeat, right? And we saw that Steeler game. He threw. Six, I want to play first half unders also on team totals because because that gets that gets away from the randomness of the coin flip. Yeah. Well, it, it 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 actually introduces the randomness of the coin flip, but I think the well, no, be... the first quarter is going to do. I'm I'm saying versus the first quarter. Yes, the first half's better than the first quarter, but you're still you're, you're still you're still unhappy if you play Cleve, mm-hmm. if you play Cincy under and they start with the ball. You're you're immediately unhappy whether you've got got them under for first quarter or under for first half. It's but then still you bad can news. eat some Doritos. I, I got I got to be honest. I think I like the Ravens team total under. Because taking a look at these stats, everything that you're saying about you know this new offense and Lamar and the so first that's another game, factor, right? And it D'Amico Ryan's the Texans. We know he's a defensive head coach. Probably all off season, he's been you know the, the pride of this team is probably going to be defense mm-hmm. tw- over under twenty seven and a half Baltimore team total. I like the under. You know what's interesting? Key number. Yeah, I think you're making a good point there. You know what I find interesting? Baltimore new OC, Philly new OC. Cincinnati not, right? Chargers, new OC, right? Mm-hmm. Minnesota, I don't think so. Detroit, no. Rams, no. Well, I don't who knows with the Rams. It's Cowboys, okay. yes. Cowboys, yes. So to me, I like new OC, no playoffs, under team to or no I'm sorry, season. no playing mm-hmm. under team total there. Because uh, yep. Baltimore, Chargers, Cowboys. Was there one other I missed? Uh and Char- Chargers, Philly. Philly. Philly, Philly, thank you course. And I actually think Philly on offense is going to be a bit. I don't think the defense coordinator change is a big deal for Philly because I'm not sure they haven't upgraded. I mean, that's the belief. But but and you could say, well, the upgrade. Well, you know, for the first game, it doesn't matter. There is that transition. Right. So, Mackenzie, we should take a look. We got all the coordinator stuff is how they do the first game. If we find out they're they're underscoring the first game, I think that's a great one, too. Yeah. <clears throat> so the Eagles are 24 and a half. Mm hmm. Um, I said the 27 and a half was the uh, Ravens. The Chargers are 26 and a half. Mm-hmm. So you lose that total, that uh, key number there. This well, is kind of that asymmetric risk where, and they, where I would never play an under 26 and a half mm-hmm. with, because 26 is such a dead number and 27 is a key number. And, and the Cowboys are 24 and a half. So really, I mean, the one that I like the most is, is the Ravens, 27 and a half under. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Here's the thing about Lamar, then we got to move on, is he said goodbye to Baltimore. He, by most accounts, and I'm not saying I say this for sure, there's some material chance that he could have played last year. But let's say he couldn't have. It doesn't matter. Because if people think he could have, meaning his teammates, is there a sense that he wasn't there for them? I mean, <clears throat> he's got the bag now, as they mm-hmm. say. Do we know for sure that, that there's not resentment on the team? Isn't it weird he didn't play in the preseason, though he has historically? Hmm. And now you got a new offense. Isn't the time you're going to play? You missed the second half of last year? Even Aaron Rodgers took snaps in the preseason. That's what I'm saying. I don't get this. <laughs> Another yeah. reason to like the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
I don't like. I mean, AJ, have I get, given you, uh, convinced you at all in the Baltimore that there's more uncertainty than maybe it yeah. seems? Yeah. I think there's more. I, I wouldn't mind you someone betting Baltimore to win the AFC, right? Because the, the odds are they're only going to be the top 15% of the results are going to do that anyway. I just think there's more there's more variance to Baltimore this year than I think people realize. So, so I agree. I got problems with the Bengals, with the Burrow, possible implications of the calf. I got problems with Baltimore. The the, the, the issue is all four of these teams could win the division. I can't find a division yeah, bet I like. We can't say the Browns at plus three thirty are better than uh, whatever you know whatever we want to say percentage chance is. Yeah, because like think about this: if every if the four teams were all equal and they were all three to one, mm-hmm. then that that would be break even. So the Browns are barely better than the three to one at three thirty, mm-hmm. right? So is that what we have on them? We don't think yeah three thirty, and we yeah. don't think to win the division. We don't think they're better than the Ravens. They're clearly the third best team, mm-hmm. and hell, they could be the fourth best team. Here's what I've noticed about these division odds. They are completely out of whack to what the win totals are sometimes. So it seems like this is a less mature market, and there's a chance to exploit, like look at the win total once a week and look at the division odds and and bet the disparity. I I agree because there's implicit higher vig on this stuff that oftentimes the mispricings just sit out there because – the pros can't find a good bet, but like one bet's terrible, and the other bet's like, eh, break even, but they don't want to tie up their money. Well, so let's think about this. The Browns are three-tenths of a win better than the Steelers right now. Pittsburgh is nine. Browns are 9.3. So if we say uh, 30% of two points, they're, they're 0.6 points better. So they're saying they're a little more than a half point better. Yeah, they should not have like pricing this far apart. Browns are 330. Steelers 475. Although you could argue the Browns are more volatile than the Steelers. The Steelers are like a much like over under the Steelers. What, with a second year quarterback? I versus a quarterback that could be like top 10 or, or bottom well, I, 10. I tell you, I mean, from what I'm hearing, you look at the preseason, he, he does not have, there's still problems. I mean, did did you get any analysis? I mean, what's your take of his preseason of Un- Watson? Un- unimpressive. And Pickett, obviously, completely check all the boxes. Yeah, so, I mean, Pittsburgh is just surging up. And, I mean, they're, you know, they opened eight and a half, and they're nine. And look at the week one. They, you know, Purdy, well, who's going to be the Niners quarterback? I don't know, but they're laying three at Pittsburgh. Well, now Purdy's playing, and they're laying two. I know the Bosa injury, let's or keep, the Bosa hold up. Let's keep moving. I, you know what I think we do here? Because AJ's high on the Ravens. We don't. I was going to downgrade, and we we'll keep him as the fifth uh, seed, the first wild card. Since he again, but I think we probably give a couple. You know, right now I would play. We already put in a play here on the Browns at plus three thirty. I don't think Pittsburgh at four seventy five. I, I I mean I think it's a skew a little bit. I just don't like. There's it. too many good teams in that yeah. division. I, I don't like trying to attack a division with four different teams that could all win the division. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to be mostly chalk, and you know what? I, this is the exercise. And and if you want us to go, well, let's pick three dogs. It's like okay, except what's the exercise? It's different then. And RJ, you gave out plus three eighty on the Browns. Got well, some line yeah, value. yeah. When I made uh, Warren Buffett, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right, next game um, or, or division. We got your division, Fez, which is with the Jags and the Texans. Now the math on this says it's got to be Jags. Jags are at nine point eight, and I said the Texans. I meant the Titans. The Titans are at seven point six. So two point two gains. They're saying over four points of difference in these teams. But you think with the payoff, this is a good example of where maybe it's worth a shot and you've got an idea on how to approach these in general. Yeah, so 
basic strategy when I'm looking to make division bets, and I use the example of horse racing. So if there's a four-horse race and some horse handicappers do this, they're like, well, let me eliminate teams, horses that are very unlikely to be able to win the race, all right? So if I can eliminate one or ideally two of the four horses, well, then I'm probably going to have a nice overlay bet with one of the other two horses. So I'm going to make the case I don't like the Colts. Under six and a half looks good to me. Gun to my head if I had to play under. Hate the Texans. Under six and a half looks good to me as well. So if I got those two crumb bums that I can throw to the rail, well, it's either Jacksonville or Tennessee. So kind of the opposite of what we were just talking about in the AFC North. Exact where opposite. Where instead of instead of having to choose between four viable options, you can narrow it down to one or the other. Now, of course, Jacksonville should be favored over Tennessee. That's why their season wins too higher. But yeah, I can't get past. Well, Tennessee. Wait a minute. They're not. An organization of losers. They were the number one seed with 12 wins. They had 11 wins, and they were 7-3 and three last year. They completely collapsed, had all those injuries, yet they were still favored to win this division with one quarter to play. And this number is being priced in based on a four-team race, not a two-team race. Yes. So because of the, because of all that, I think basically if Jacksonville goes under, they're 9.5, and, and if they go under 9.5, they're not favored to win 9. You know, it's a, they're a big favorite to win like if if you gave me like like zero to seven versus eight or nine, I think it's like fifty fifty. So if Jacksonville goes under, they're probably only going to win like seven or eight games, and all of a sudden someone's going someone else is going to win the division then. And Tennessee is the logical choice. So I'm on the Titans at a nice juicy payout at plus three forty. Plus, don't we talk about like the most important year? RJ says for the quarterbacks is the year after the year, right? We have to see Trevor Lawrence have the year after the year. Like last year, we all agreed Trevor Lawrence stepped it up. But I think I think we are going to see. You know, sure. him, him I mean, be a good. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, look at the odds. <laughs> but, I'd but, say that. He, but the O line, but the O line could completely crumble. They already have one. Yeah, got one guy injured and one guy suspended for for four games. So maybe Trevor Lawrence, maybe good news will happen. It'll get like like a non career threatening injury that'll knock him out for the year because of that that compromised O line. I, I mean, I've said it from the get go. I think the Titans are undervalued in this division because everyone just assumes that it's the Jaguars are the class and they're going to take it, but. Like, what's ch- what's changed? What's changed with the Tennessee Titans? They still have an elite head coach. They still have the same quarterback who's not going to blow you away, but doesn't lose a lot of games for you. Unless you're they playing still, the Bengals in the playoffs and he they, keeps throwing interceptions. They still have Derrick Henry at running back. They brought in DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver. I, I just don't get the disrespect for the Titans. So here's what I would say. People are lost. They've lost the thread on how injured they were. Yeah, they lost seven games in a row, whatever it was. Seven and three, didn't win another game. Yeah, they went to Green Bay and dominated. It was like again they're going to do it, right? And remember, Jags were horrible for the first two thirds of the season. They got hot late. So look, I bet Tennessee at their height in the division was like minus six, seven hundred. And Tennessee, or higher. If right? Tennessee, they're favored to win in the fourth quarter in the final game of the season to clinch the division against Jacksonville. If they win that, how much different are these odds? Yeah. A lot different. Here's what I would say, though. I like Tennessee to win the division if you're getting the odds. I don't want to bet their win total. I agree with that. Now, why? Why? What's your rationale? They could they could go under uh, seven and a half and still win the division. If Jacksonville well. falls, no, they could. If if, if I, I was just saying what well, that if Jacksonville goes under nine and a half, there's at least a fifty percent chance that they'll go under seven and a half. 
Okay, but my theory is if Tennessee's losing and but they still would have oh. a chance, maybe they go with the one of the yeah, second yeah, yeah, or the yeah, rookie yeah. or the second year quarterback. Yeah, go with Willis. Or Will Levis, but yeah. if they have a chance in the division, they're not going to sit that's Tannehill. And to me, that's, that's a, a big point. point I yeah. think so. I would look at the three forty. Jags defense is problematic. Their offense looks good, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, December of last year, Titans were minus fourteen hundred when they were seven and four to wow. win the South. Wow. Jaguars were four and seven; they were plus nine hundred. We'll that, parlay that to Purdue. I mean, great, great, <laughs> good get there, McKenzie. All right, so my favorite part about the Jaguars last year was all the people, and and we know them, who before the season were betting the Jaguars to win the division, and like they celebrated their Jaguars to win the division. But when did oh after after it was over? But they could have had it at plus nine hundred. <laughs> whatever what was, week that what, was. What was the game? Yeah. That, the, the Jaguars were like a seven point dog, and there was like like a stud quarterback was out, and it went down to three. It was like week two. I remember. I was well. I think they played Philly early. Um, I don't. They, remember. they got a win like against Tampa Bay. I, I can't remember. Yeah, maybe pull out the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> but but moving on. Oh, but, they beat the Chargers. Oh, that was it. Thirty-eight that. to ten. He knew that all yeah. along. <laughs> He's just punking me. Uh, it's all right. <laughs> but but I would say this is I disagree with what Scott said. I think the Jacksonville people were redeemed. Fez was you know with Vito and his crowd. It's like Jags. Everyone's betting the Jags. Jags are good, and they just kept losing. We were making fun of them. I mean, if anything, I think it's a short season relative to you know seventeen games. They were three and seven going into their bye week. Yeah, I. I I mean, yeah. If you could, if you had a, 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 a crystal ball, you'd wait. But I mean, they before the season they thought the Jags were good and they were right. You know, right? it I is mean, it is such a short season. I can't help but like mention like historically bad baseball teams, Kansas City mm-hmm. and Oakland, both had seven game win streaks this year. But think about that. You know, that they could be you know seven and one to start the season. I mean, the be- the, the best streak from the worst team is usually going to be better than the worst streak from the best team. Right, so if you take um, who's the best team this year in baseball? The Braves. All right, if you look at the Braves, their worst run, that the A's are going to have a run better than that. And and another, the Padres are like eight games below five hundred. Guess how many? What their maximum losing streak was? I don't know. Four. It's a, such a great guess. Three. Okay. That's I- statistically impossible. A team that bad. Can only have a three-game losing well, streak. Well, they're also the only team in baseball that hasn't that has won four straight this year. Oh, that, that's the only, uh, I haven't lost the, three straight. I haven't yeah, lost yeah. four. And, uh, four. The Braves' longest losing streak this year is four games. Okay. Yeah, so, but that's because they win you know, two-thirds of their games. Yes, yeah, so you're saying yeah. the, the, the worst yeah. team's longest winning streak is better than the best team's longest losing yeah, streak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. All right, so go ahead. I, I also think that there's something to be said about Jacksonville like you, I could see Jacksonville continuing to get better. Like Trevor Lawrence can still get better, and I know Ryan Tannehill's not going to get better. And you know, you mentioned the they, they won six of their last seven, then they beat the Chargers in the playoffs. They were like, it was a three point game against Kansas City at Kansas City in the fourth quarter. Like they were in that game with the Chiefs. Remember, Tannehill had the the hurt ankle. I'm no, I'm, I'm talking about the Jags. Yeah, yeah. Mahomes had the hurt ankle. Oh, I'm sorry, Mahomes. Yeah. Didn't, oh, didn't the Chargers Thank beat you. themselves? That was. In the playoffs, yeah, they're, they're up twenty-seven. Up. What was Herbert's stats in the second half of that game? I don't know. <laughs> I guess all the questions weren't answered. <laughs> all right, so I think it's clear. I would say Titans at plus three forty is a good bet. I, I'm down on the Texans now at this point. I mean, that trade. I hope for their sake they 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 don't have like the fourth pick or something. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about. It. We don't have time to talk about it now, but. 
wonder if they have the first and second pick, Arizona. They take both these quarterbacks. <laughs> they keep Kyler, and they say, we're going to find a good quarterback. This will be a three-headed monster, and then once we decide, we'll, we'll trade the other two. Or go with the two-quarterback offense simultaneously. Uh, yeah. yeah that, but, but I'm saying it's so important. Like, any D lineman you take – is not near as important as getting the quarter. I say you pick two, double yeah, dip. Kirk Cousins style. Why hasn't the team done the double quarterback? I, they, you mean on the field? On the well, they, field. because they, uh, well, if you line them both. Because you lose your job by being in you it. You line them the both Saints up have done in it. shotgun, right, next to each other, like usually the quarterback and the running back next to each other, but the, the two quarterbacks next to each other, and you never know which one the center is going to hike the ball to. For, why did your accent change when you talk <laughs> crazy stuff? Like that? The, the Saints have done some <laughs> unique stuff with Taysom Hill. He's just not that good. Well, he's pretty good. Why don't you just, why don't you just like roll one bootleg one guy to the right and the other guy so here's back the behind him it. and throw for it this, across the for field? For this kind of analysis, straight out of Vegas AM, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> Lots of crazy plays. <laughs> <laughs> like a mad genius. All right, finally in the AFC, we got the West. We know Kansas City, right? So now the question is we got to finalize the, um, the wild cards. We got the Ravens pretty much locked up at five. Now it's Chargers or Jets. You know something? I think we put the Jets above them. I'm with it. That's my thinking. What are you thinking, AJ? I disagree. I think the Chargers, Chargers were the five seed last year. I think they'll be the five seed again this year. So they're going to be. I thought you just. So they're going to be better than either Cincinnati or Baltimore. One of the yeah. two. Damn. I think AJ's right. I think what that, I, I, the injuries really derailed them they, last year. Uh, what was the injuries? Their their wide receivers are always injured. Oh Eckler's always injured. You don't think that's ever going to change? They got one year older. I bet they're going to be healthier. The defense was injured. I mean, they Derwin James gets hurt every play. Uh, right. I mean, yeah. What is it now that that that? that oh my gosh, I don't think so. I think Helen Moore is a downgrade. First of all. And I wow! Do, I do. I just think Kellen Moore. You know, again, this. Is what like, makes you think that? Is I don't know enough to know any of it, but I know that. So I listen to people. Lombardi says is what um, what Moore does is he calls it battleship football. That he wants to hit a big play. So when you play battleship, you yep. say like B twenty four or whatever. I don't. I've never played it. And then you either hit or you don't. There right? is right. no twenty four. This is not, okay, right. not Keno. So what is so what is it? It's like one through twelve. Yeah, it's twelve by twelve. All right. Yeah. So so it's A, B, C, D. Yeah, yeah. All right. So D thirteen. No, no, no. Okay. Close. Right. D eleven. Okay. Hit. So he's going for and the way you're supposed to is you're supposed to set it up. Like what Shanahan's famous for, he's gonna run a play in the second quarter. And maybe it gets six yards, maybe it doesn't, but it sets you up that at halftime they're going to come in and say, hey, if they do that, and then they do something different, right? So kind of like when I set you guys up for bets, it's usually a series of events. <laughs> and do I? how good is Kellen Moore? I don't know. But I know that that sounds like reasonable analysis. I don't know. So, I, And I know Lombardi, the, the, the guy for, that used to be at the Saints that was the Chargers, and by the way, this was actually Lombardi that was telling me that the OC no, was complete. No. But they say he's, I mean, this Chase Daniels was talking like he's one of the best coaches he's ever been around. Guy was in the league for like 12 years, meaning Daniels. And again, Sean Payton, it was his right hand guy on offense for years and years and years. And he's back with Sean Payton. 
He's back in Denver. In Denver, yeah. So Denver, he, Sean Payton says, hey, come on over, buddy. Can he really be the fault? Or is it a whole freaking I, industrial complex trying to make excuses <laughs> for Herbert? I think it's stylistically he wasn't a match with Herbert. But but he was wasting Herbert's arm because he wanted to dink and dunk, and there, there's but no that's reason. Herbert's tendencies. Like, did he go downfield when what was it? What's his name? Stank. Who's the offensive coordinator or the the Colts coach now? Shane Steichen. Steichen was the OC, right? He's a rookie. Oh, okay. So there's an excuse. It doesn't matter. There's going to be an excuse. Okay. I mean, you got to admit, there's a lot of excuses. I mean, there's no excuse. The guy hasn't won yet, but it like. He's also set records in the NFL for yardage and things like like he's. It's not like he's. So he's going to be like a like a Jeff George. Well, he's. I mean, if that's what you've decided in three seasons, then I guess that's fair. But I think that's crazy. I mean, but what you're saying is he's got such a good arm, he has to succeed. I'm saying his physical tools. He has to succeed. There's like Ryan Leaf. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, if Ryan Leaf had had a year that was even close to what Justin Herbert's done, maybe I would say that, but he never did. I do think the Chargers are fragile. One because you know they've got these aging wide receivers, like bad coach. RJ said, and also this good point: they have a coach that makes controversial decisions, and now is he going to wheel it back? But you got to wonder about the locker room. Couple funky calls that he makes, they lose another game he that should they should a, win. He'd be an excellent D backs coach. That's what he should do. Okay. Maybe even be a DC. Yeah, don't. I don't, I don't think you should be. You know, every time, every every you. time you got fourth and five on your own three, you got to. I guess that's not possible. <laughs> you wonder if your crazy coach is going to go for it. It's just I don't like the uncertainty. Let me ask you a question: Do you already have the excuses for this year? No, because it, it's going to be Staley, right? No, so I, I mean I don't. If they go like nine and eight, don't make the playoffs. You're not going to blame Staley. No, I mean there's not. If they go, if Justin Herbert plays poorly, then he'll be to blame. Well, Justin Herbert hasn't played poorly in the NFL a season yet. And thus, who's going to be the scapegoat? I, I don't know. That's <laughs> not my problem. Well, the good. News I'm not is, a Chargers fan. That's the thing. I don't care if they win or lose. It's the good news is oh, your you wide care. receivers are still healthy, but that the, the same can't be said for the Broncos. And that early optimism for the Broncos, I guess Judy might play Week One now. Is that? Um, with the uh, hamstring? Is that right? I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that either. I don't. Th- I think it would be unlikely, right? I thought it was a slam dunk he was going to be out. So, Mackenzie, you sent me a text that you were at the Westgate. You figure you're just getting used to it. And you said you were approached, and, and it was interesting. Yeah, they liked the Trey Lance talk. They were like, hey, by the way, I'm from Sioux Falls, North Dakota. <laughs> by the way, shout out to Sue from Sioux Falls. It's actually no, this guy's no, aunt. No, no, seriously, who was it? I mean, like who? By the way, where, Sioux Falls is in South Dakota. Where were they from? Uh, one guy was from Sioux Falls, wherever that is. Is that true? Yeah. You think he was playing a game with you, acting like he's like related to Sue or something? <laughs> no, he just thought that was funny. He just said, "Hey, tell oh. R- tell RJ Sue's my aunt." <laughs> oh, oh, he said that. Okay, that's why. You know what South Dakota's nickname should be? What does this have to do with this? You'll like this, the Rushmores. Okay, okay. You like because of the movie. The Rushmore. And you rush more. You know? oh, it's, it's like it all ties in. Is that where Mount Rushmore is? Yeah. And also the movie was filmed there? Don't know about a movie. <laughs> you don't know the movie Rushmore? Oh, my gosh. You saw that, right? Yeah. It's great. It's and- the director Anderson, who you know has done uh, a lot of good stuff. He had just had a movie that came out. Um, I can't remember. West. 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 Yeah. yeah, West. Yeah. Um, so they, they were saying they enjoy the back and forth on Trey Lance. Yeah. And you've and you got to be keep convinced of that that the people love passion. They, you know, 
some people are sadists, so they like to see you get beat up. I mean, that was that was what I was thinking in the back of my mind. Like, is this the kind of thing when you're in person, you say, "Hey, I really like that," and then as soon as they turn around, they're like, "Can you believe he's still doing that?" But I, I got a question: Why? I mean, that assumes there's nothing you do they liked. <laughs> so, like, if they bring up only one thing, you got to kind of think maybe that's true, right? They were very gregarious. I, I give them the benefit of any doubt. So, so I'll how did you. they recognize you? Do you go around saying, "I'm Mackenzie from the pregame show"? Have you heard of me? Like, how does that work? <laughs> we were talking about a contest he was going to enter, and I told him like, "Oh, everyone plays under. Like that's a, that's something that Fez or plays over. That's something that Fez has taken advantage of. He's cashed the last two years in the Westgate season win bet." And the guy just turned around. He was in line, and he was like, "Yeah, hey, man, you're Mackenzie, right? So it's cool." All right, all right, Mackenzie getting famous. Now, if you only become very famous. If only you could. What's that from? Oh, that was uh, Donald Trump talking about you become very famous at the uh, at the Super Bowl. Or after, when he met the team after the Super Bowl. Okay, okay. Is that your Trump invitation? That was the best I could. I'm not Scott. I don't have it like he does. Um, so, I mean, the next thing is you get a date off it. I mean, that's the hope. All right. So, Scott, where uh, quickly, where do you come down regarding uh, Chargers? All right, so we got three wild card teams if we don't want to have an interloper. Baltimore. Chargers, Jets is the way the win total lines up. Mm -hmm. What would you vote? I would vote. <sighs> I mean, I think I'd vote, I'd vote for the Chargers as the top one of those three. Really? Yeah. You think better than the Jets, but you thought the Jets almost could beat Buffalo. I do. Hmm. I think the Chargers are a double-digit win team. I, I just think the Jets are a double-digit win team. I really think that it comes down to health and whether or not the offense does truly open it up. And, and this is a big step forward for Justin Herbert, who's already shown that he can be one but of the Let's leads. be honest. We don't know if it's Herbert being afraid to throw interceptions yeah, either. We'll see. I, well, we, we know that uh, in, in the Cowboys offense, there is no shying away from throwing interceptions because Dak led the league last year. So uh, Kellen Moore certainly yeah, could they, be like, throw, yeah. throw it down the field. Sure. They, they've done the analysis. Apparently, he had the worst season on record of turnover-worthy plays to actual turnovers mm -hmm. so, or something like that. All right, I'm 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 high on the Chargers as well. I think both the Char I mean the Chargers and Jets are both playoff teams, and, and you can order it whichever way you want. If I had to choose which team is going to have the better record, I would lean Chargers right now. All right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to move the Chargers to fifth, Jets to sixth, Ravens to seventh. I, I'm down on the Ravens. Be a, I, I like that. you're down on the Ravens, but you think they make the playoffs? Yeah, I, okay. listen, they've always just good defense. I'm, you know, listen, Harbaugh keeps them in the game. Yeah. So, Fez, we're gonna go. He just went to the restroom in his back. We're gonna go Jets. We're gonna move up the Chargers to fifth. Jets go to sixth. Ravens to seventh. I just, I think it's a tough division. And I look, the next two teams. Yeah, that's good. I like ne that. Next two teams in Dolphins. And again, I I'm I think for the season it's a problem, and then the Browns, and again that's the same problem in the division. So yep. I think at big payoffs. I like the Browns; they have a chance. But all right, we go to the NFC. We know it's the Eagles and the Cowboys, right? And the Cowboys are going to be uh, the first wild card if we do go Eagles. Does anyone make the case that Dallas is better I, than fifty percent? I like Dallas better than than the Eagles. I think. All right, so I mean, what's and, your main case? And they were they split their games last year. Uh, Dallas has greatly improved the roster this offseason. If you feel like getting a second corner, getting a second wide receiver, uh, I I like I, I think Dallas is for once kind of underrated 
usually they, it feels like you pay a Cowboys tax. I, I, I feel like this Cowboys team is kind of flying under the radar. Is they, they may have been the you know second or third best team in the NFC last year. I talked about how the Cowboys, if you take away the game one and game 17, which obviously you can't take away the Tampa Bay debacle and then they got creamed at Washington week 17, the rest of their season, they were like, you know, the best team in the NFL. They lost three games, two of them in overtime, and the one game of the Eagles with their backup quarterback. So um, now we got McCarthy calling the plays. That's a problem. Well, not during the regular season. We're not we're not picking them to win the Super Bowl. We're just picking them to do well in the regular season, right? But if you like Kellen Moore in the Chargers, you got to not like that he left the Cowboys. Yeah. That's certainly. I think it's a it's a bummer, especially going from Kellen Moore to McCarthy. Now again, I think McCarthy. Here's the thing: what, what Sanders has shown us is the quality of being a CEO type coach. If you hire the right coordinators, can be very effective. Yep. I just don't think McCarthy is a technician at this point. It's been a long time since he called plays. It's been a long time. I, I think sixteen was the last year. I think you hmm. still got to pick the Eagles to win the division, but the, but it's a slam dunk that the Cowboys are going to be the best wild card. That I would agree with. Because if you look at the difference, the Eagles are eleven point four. And Dallas is 10.3. We're talking over a game. That would be a, a monster. You know, It's like in a matchup, like it would be, you know, you'd expect two, the Eagles two, to be like two, a seven point, yeah. minus 180 favorite type of thing. Yeah, so we're saying that full game would be actually four, four points. Think about that. So they're saying if the game's in Philly, they're going to be favored by six. One win is two points, right? No, no, half, each half win is two points. Right? Yeah, I think so. 35 points is a win, 17 games, just over two points, right? For the full win. Okay. All so, right. Yeah. So, sorry One about win that. Is so, two it, it would be two points. So, you're saying, thank you. You're saying if the uh, Philly, two points for home field, they'd be uh, favored by four at home against Dallas, and it'd be pick them, Dallas and Philly, in Dallas. And I believe if we check the games of the year, they're getting priced more competitively than that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Now, here's what's interesting. Philly has a number one, uh, you know, schedule, right? First place schedule, except Tampa Bay's not all that good, right? And um, Minnesota's not all that good. I, so I think in the, the key, NFC, that's less than it seems otherwise. I, I think that with the Philly schedule, it's not that their schedule's all that hard. It's just it was so easy last year. So yeah, but had, typically a first-place schedule is very hard. Yeah, and this, and this it's just like slightly above average from memory. Yeah. Now, last thing, and this is going to sound goofy, but I don't think it is. The NFC East hasn't had a repeat champion since, what, 2004? Yeah, since the Eagles did it. Well, then Dallas has to win because we don't like the Giants and we don't like Washington. So, I mean, that's interesting, <laughs> right? isn't it? Isn't it? You know something? Two coordinators out. <clears throat> Much harder schedule. This same team, last year, Dallas was the clear favorite over I mean, it, it came at the Until end. the timber moment that yeah. you called. When, 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 when right before the, the, the NFL season kicked off, the Eagles became the favorite. Yeah, but, but still, the timber. Whole, the whole, I agree, but the whole offseason, <laughs> the whole offseason, it was clearly Dallas is better. And AJ's right, Dallas is better than they were last year, right? So, you know something? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to we'll put it to a vote. I'm saying let's go, Dallas. I, I like it. We can't like just, it? let's not just go chalk. Dallas wins the division. Dallas for me. I object. <laughs> you know well, what? And, unfortunately, and, and, well, <laughs> three to one. And you know what? If we're going to have Dallas win the division over the Eagles, we may well make Dallas the best team in the NFC. Well, we haven't even really thought about that, which we could. But 
Meaning that we didn't even really... Well, I guess we just went... That's an interesting point. Let's double back for one second. I just assumed we were going to go with the records. Kansas City 1, Cincy 2, Buffalo 3, Jags 4. The only thing I would say is maybe I put Buffalo above Cincy. Uh, Jags... I'm good with that. You want to do that? Yeah, let's let's not just go chalk. So KC, Buffalo, Cincy, Jacksonville. I like that. Chargers, Jets, Ravens. Yep. All right, so now we got Dallas. We'll decide that at the very end. Make your case real quick. Is it Dak or was it Kellen Moore? The Cowboys made a change thinking that it was Kellen Moore, not Dak Prescott. So if we don't. The problem. The problem, yes. So if we see the turnaround from Dak and he doesn't have the turnover worthy plays and the interceptions, okay, then then, uh, maybe the Cowboys are on to something. But now they're handing it over to. Uh, Tony Pollard is the running back. No more Ezekiel Elliott. How does he? A lot of people are looking at that as an upside. Sure, we'll it's see. More efficient. We'll see him as the number one back. I mean, it's nice having a change of pace guy, but now you have uh, he's the guy. And then again, if Dak is not, if Dak is, if Dak has hit a wall like Russell Wilson, we think has hit a wall, then the Cowboys aren't this great team. But if Dak can rebound, then they are. All right. I, I know that I have Jalen Hurts going this way. He's going up, and he's going to continue going up. Yeah. I think Dak is at a point where, based on last season, again, all right, all right, all right. what's the pivot? All right. To me, the, the turnover-worthy plays and the PFF data helps me, assuages my concerns. Because it does say he didn't throw any more turnover-worthy plays than he typically does. Just an inordinate number were picked off. And that's just luck, you know, oftentimes. All right. I mean, I, you know, objection noted. <laughs> All right, moving on. We're going to what? The North again, right? So we got um, in the North, we got Detroit, who would be the third seed. And then we got the uh, odds coming up here in a second. I mean, who would, here's the question I like Green Bay generally. I don't like the Bears, and I'm a little down on Detroit, and I'm neutral on Minnesota. That's my thinking. I like Minnesota. You like Minnesota to win the division? I do. All right, so let's look at the odds here. Um, Vikings are plus 260. Packers are plus 360. Bears are 440. See, this is one that's interesting. So right now the Bears, if you look at the win total, is 7.8. The Packers, 7.8. But for the division, Packers are plus 360, Bears are plus 440. I can't understand why the Bears' season win number is still 7.8. I mean, <laughs> it, it makes it's absurd. Everyone like I, I, that I respect likes Green Bay and hates Chicago. And we, we went under what? Seven and a half? Seven and a half plus 120. Plus 120? That's why it's 7.8 on okay. the Bears. Did we get a good number, though? Yeah. So there's eights out there? There's no eights. Okay. I'd play eight. <laughs> Phil, Phil Helmuth got eight. He texted. He got, no, he got eight on Carolina. Never mind. Uh, over yeah. or under? Under eight. Oh, yeah, because he sees it in the preseason. Yeah. Those poker guys should stick to poker. <laughs> well, no, I think it's great. Actually, it helps the market. Um, all right, so if we look at the point or, or win total, Vikings 8.7, and we've got the lines up at 9.6. I think we have to go live. Yeah, that's too much. It's too much. Too beaucoup, as they say. Yeah. 
I mean, that's boy, that makes his plus one forty seem off. Now let's think about this now. As Mackenzie taught me, it's two points per win, right? So nine point eight versus eight point seven. So we're saying it's one win and a little change. So we're saying about two points, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So this is really like the Cowboys' distance. The thing is, I don't think I think Green Bay's going to have a better record than the Vikings. Green Bay is better. Okay. So you're not really high on the Vikings. I'm down. On Fez the is always down on the Vikings. Well, Remember, the, they're below average team last year that won 13 well, games. Yeah, they were. That, I mean, listen, you're the one that loves DVOA. Yeah. I don't know if Aaron Schatz on the way out the door like, changed the formula. It's gone now, so I don't, I don't even know what it is anymore. Well, I mean, I think his he's putting it out because he's got his own book. Who had that book? I had it. Did I leave it here or did I take it? I was looking around for it. I didn't see it. Yeah. Stay on so, Mike's but Did Football Outsiders put out their own book this year? Or they I did? don't think so. It was called Football Outsiders. Say I believe again? on the cover of the book I ordered, it was Football Outsiders. But he just left them like a, like within the last six weeks. But the book you got wasn't for Football Outsiders. Oh, I thought it was. No, it was FTN. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's where Shats works for now. Okay. I I don't know, but you think they'd have the book ready to go? Where no one was because they got bought by. Um, there was like a company that owns like four or five sites, and one of them they bought Football Outsiders like three or four years ago. And um, so who knows? Drama. All right. But either way, what we know is that was Football Outsiders saying that. They were down on the Vikings. They weren't down. They have a computer model that looks at each play. Yes. And they assess the Vikings to be the 26th best yes. team in the The computer NFL. was down on the Vikings. <laughs> but I also believe it, at some point, like, you can't be the 26th best team in the NFL and win 13 games. Sure you can. Okay, has it, can you give me another example in the history of time when it's happened? It's, yeah, the Oakland A's could go 13-4. and four. It shows you. Are you going to lose that bet or something? Is that what you're crying they're, about? They're, no, they're projected to win like 50 right now. And what was the over-under? It's 60 all the way bet down to 40. My last kick at the can was under 48 and a half. I might lose that one. <laughs> you didn't have enough down, right? You, you said So it was like, what, your eighth bet on it or something? I've, I just bet. I you you, you might you know remember kept... remember in Lucky You when he says are you compulsive, <laughs> remember that that was like the question right you remember that I don't remember about the I just remember what they say he he, say, he bets it all and he says if I if I if I if I could I'd bet even more <laughs> but but no his dad and him were having a real conversation and he he did something like erratic yeah and he looks at him and he goes are you compulsive like like that must be the phrase they use to say like are you a you know degenerate or whatever. Yeah, so I'm asking you that question. Yes. (laughs) Do you find yourself betting differently? Forget the sizing, because obviously you're betting to your bankroll. Are you bet? How differently do you bet now than let's say ten years ago? Like, do you bet more volume, less volume? Do you account for you know how do you bet differently? I actually save this one for because we're running long on this one. Stay tuned. The next now remember every Monday night. And this show got huge attention. We do the recap, which is, is um, and we, again, we can look at the schedule, figure out the best time to do it, but it should be out by Tuesday morning. And this is kind of like the first version of that. I mean, I think that show really helped us, too, because it got us prepared. Yeah. So um, we'll figure that out schedule-wise. But let's see. We got coming up uh, Thursday morning. It's out. Is this week's preview? And then we're going to finish here. I don't think we – I mean, I, if we're not a consensus on the second team, I think you got to take the favorite. I agree. And Green Bay is plus three – we can't think plus 360 is a 
plus, you know, yeah. plus money at even money. Detroit it is. All right. Now the question is, do we have any wild cards from here? Uh, God, Seattle. no. So I like Seattle, and I like Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Okay. So the question will be Atlanta or any of these, or Green Bay or Minnesota. I think Atlanta could win the division. Well, then the Saints, the theory is. Yeah. I mean, the Saints are going to win a lot of games. So we, I think we safely assume two from the NFC East, two from the NFC South. Okay, well, yes. um, well, the way it is, is Dallas, Seattle, Atlanta. Well, two, you're counting the division winners. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. Atlanta's total is 8.8. Vikings are 8.7. So that's the choice. Is Vikings or Falcons? Falcons. All right. Okay, so let's go to the South. South says New Orleans. And Falcons are one and two. Odds are plus one twenty five for the Saints, plus two hundred for the Falcons. And looking at this here, Falcons eight point eight wins, Saints nine point four. There's a lot of love for the. I think the Falcons are expensive right now, and they're still more than a half game back. I'm going to go back to, to Aaron Schatz and Football Outsiders, and they whoever. just made they just made that whoever whoever's running that organization just like. They're like, yeah, Atlanta's defense was terrible, and they brought in six new guys, and we got them projected to be number 10 defense going forward, which I think is ridiculously optimistic. But you know what? Cupcake schedule, um, as long as Ritter can cool. be capable. Ritter looked good in the preseason. I think we can agree to yes. that, right? Yes, and and all the— So did Sam Howell. <laughs> Sam Howell looked very good. The um, um, you know, But I like the Saints also. I, I love their cupcake schedules. You know, They got win stacking after win with the schedule. The Saints have a cupcake schedule, and I trust their quarterback more. Yeah, he's the only oh, quarterback in the division Carr. that I know is I solid. I agree. I, I might even bet Derek Carr 50-1 to 1 to win MVP. They could win 13 games. It could happen. Here, it, that's not an official play. Mm-hmm. Now, here, here's what I would say. There are defensive coaches, old school, that will shut down bad quarterbacks that have trouble in the modern, modern game. The Saints don't play any – hardly – they play Lawrence, and that's it pretty yep. much of modern quarterbacks. I mean, even Stafford, which is late, late in the season, if he's still around, he could be retired at that point. <laughs> so I, I think you're right. We keep the Saints where they are, Falcons. We go to the West – Listen, this is another example. I like Seattle generally. I like them even at, even at the odds right now. I would still take them, but at even money, you got to take the the San Francisco. And I would make the case San Francisco is the least fragile team in the NFL. I agree with that. Right? Purdy gets hurt. I mean, listen, I'm not a Sam Darnold guy, but he's not. You know, it can't be that different. So how do the Falcons? I mean, McCaffrey. Now you got an injury prone guy, but. The drop if San Francisco loses their if you could take anyone off of San Fran and anyone off of any other team, San Fran's hurt the least. Oh. Right? Um, yeah, because even even if McCaffrey's gone, I mean Elijah Mitchell was their top running back and they were still good. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna take off Carolina. Well, let's just say anyone any contending yeah, team. Yeah, contending yeah. team. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. Take Debo out, Brendan Ayuk would be a number one on a lot of teams in the NFL right now. Yeah, and we they might not have Bosa. We'll see. You um let me ask McKenzie, you wanna you wanna lose you can lose Bosa, you can lose Debo, or you can lose C Mac. Which one? Hmm. I would want to keep Bosa. Bosa's more important than I, I agree. any one offensive weapon. Because the other two guys the other, are offensive and they can take up the slack of the other, right? What do you think is going to happen with Bosa? I don't think he plays week one. I think we would have heard something. Here we go. 
<laughs> oh, might that's going to be a nice might, win. Might be time to tease your Pittsburgh Steelers because they're still on that two to two and a half, and and eight and eight and eight and eight become a key number. So Love we it. don't want to tease that one and a half if we can get two and a half up to eight and a half right now. The Steelers, the last two first games of the year, have won and covered a combined fourteen point underdog. So really? two years ago they were seven against the Bills. Yeah, I lost that game. But and if I remember, AJ thought the Bills should have won and covered. Yeah. Then Cincinnati, they were, what, seven, and I think, in that game, and they won. So they start, they play hard in the preseason, they play hard in game one. An early Fezzik release over the summer was your Steelers plus three back in June. Oh, there he is, bragging about his old line. LV. Yeah, but you got six and a half in your pocket, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got a uh, season-long player prop in this division if you want it. All right, so, yes, for sure. Let's wrap this up. We're going to keep 49ers 1 and Seahawks 2. We're going to talk up, or in that division. So we're gonna Seahawks talk will about, be our sixth wild card? Yeah, well, that... We can talk about that, I think. But let's let uh, AJ give his prop. I'm going to go Brock Purdy under 3,600 yards. Mm. That, that's uh, it just... Going through all the the passing numbers, that's the one that jumped off the page to me the most. And I said, that's that feels like a big number for what Brock Purdy was doing last year. I looked at his stats last year, nine games, 1,374 yards. So if you say double those games, you're at around 2,700 yards. That's nowhere near 3,600. Like the, the 49ers would have to fundamentally change everything they're doing offensively and become a pass-first team and and – I, I don't see that being the case. So McCaffrey was there pretty much the whole Purdy time, if not the whole Purdy time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So that is actually – so say that again. You, so last year Purdy in the regular season had how many yards? Nine, nine games played, 1,374 passing yards. Okay. And the over-under is? 3,600 and a half. I think we should do starts because he had nine games played, yeah, but he that's, had five that's starts. A very that's true, point. five starts. Okay. Now that is a big difference. Okay, thank you. So See, in those five starts, he had 220 yards per game. That on a 17 game basis would be 3,700. Okay, and it's 3,300. Yeah, 3,600. Oh, but that's also assuming he's going to play 17 games. But the theory is a guy that gets co- co- pulled off the bench the whole offseason, even though his arm was hurt, he was you know doing film study. You yeah. got to think they get better. It seems like a right. Listen, in general, you go under these. I think. So I agree with you. If I Especially had a, a quarterback coming off an injury. Absolutely. Yeah. And let's be honest. Are we sure if Purdy struggles, they don't put, bench him? I mean, if nope. Sam Darnold's kicking butt in the in, in the uh, practice or whatever. They I, can just lie and say he aggravated his elbow, you know? Because let's be honest. Purdy would be a great backup. He mm-hmm. could be. A, he could be. I mean, I don't think he's the next Tom Brady. He could be. But what we know is he was this last pick in the draft. He went after where Brady went. And we know Sam Darnold went third. Now, again, he's proven not to be that good, but let's be honest. Kyle is like any talented person. He has ego. He thinks if I can just get, I could get a number three, it'd be like redemption for Trey Lance. It'd be another number three. He mm-hmm. got cheap. That's what Jerry Jones is thinking yeah. about Trey Lance. And on goes the cycle. Do you got any anything you like? So you're going to pass, or you still like it? Oh, I that? still like it. Okay. Really? Yeah. What, so you just figure what injury risk? I, I think injury risk, and I think the like you said the the risk of getting sat at some point. But a, a guy coming off a major injury like that, mm-hmm. I can't imagine he's going to be better than he was a year ago. I have a prop bet in this division. Okay, Arizona Cardinals. I just bet this. I don't know what the best number plus I two. Hope it's not under worst. worst oh god, worst record plus two. Oh, I love this bet. What odds did you get? Plus two fifty. 
They're supposed I, I to win. They're supposed this. to win three point seven five games. So Bet Online had the plus two fifty. They've realigned. I don't know if you guys want the updated number. Yeah, go ahead. Minus one ten. Minus one ten. Never mind. What's Circa? That's Let me. I'll look up Circa. Yeah, yeah that's a Circa. good bet. That's yeah. a good bet. I mean, on that. Well, I tell you this. I like to bet that right now. No. Yeah, I agree with you. You take the field. Take yeah. the field. I agree. Because here's the thing. This whole quarterback story is wrong. Houston could win two games. Carolina could win two this games. This Dobbs is better than Colt McCoy. Oh, I see. What you're the only reason he was supposed to be the number two in Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken, and they, they drafted someone that just stepped up. Dobbs was more, you know. So it's like they were happy. It wasn't like they picked people off the scrap heap. It was like they were going forward the way they were going. And then they look and they're like, well, this guy's, you know, Dobbs is like a rocket scientist, literally. Yeah, two to one at Circus. So you could, if there's a yes or no at Bet Online, you can. So you're you saying could, you Bet could, Online is, is even money. But there's no, you can't bet the other way. Oh, that's not true. Are we sure about that? Yeah, they just have the. Oh, okay. cockroaches. <laughs> All right. Hmm. Well, I'm going to see. The, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So really what we're saying is this thing that I felt like I just got, like, punked by thinking, well, I almost bet book this thing. And now Circus got the same number up, so they're ready to book it. And it was, what, plus 250 you had it at? Yeah, now it's a, a two-to-one. I still like the two-to-one. You want to do a little, little bet on it? A two-to-one? Mm-hmm. Well, I already bet plus 250, sure. Well, the 300 going to put you up. It's going it. to get your Kelly out of whack. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Let's I mean, do it. Do it. All right, press it. I think the quarterback situation improved. I think they – listen, I'm not saying they're going to win a bunch of games. Who knows, right? Who knows who's going to be bad? The Colts might not win a game. If Dobbs is playing well, they might just bench him. to. T- and plus, let's be honest, they uh, – What if Murray comes back? Murray could come – I mean, I think most people expect think, him to come back. I don't think so anymore, but I'm not going to bet you that because yeah. I've been very bad on these player well, projection what makes you think, things. No, because you just think they're tanking. Yes. So everything you see, it's going to fit into the They jettisoned the second, the second best quarterback. Why do they want the first best one? All right. Any other props? I already gave under with Russell Wilson, passing yards, you know, what, a month or two ago. Um, when I was looking at the all the passing yard props, yeah, I, I mentioned that one jumped off of me, Purdy. Russell Wilson was the same way. I still don't – like, it's still a great bet. So how's the number relative – uh, Mackenzie, do you have the number I gave? Yeah, you gave 3,700 flat and – DraftKings right now is under minus 120. So it's hardly moved. Yeah. Okay. So, Fez, can you do me a f- – I actually think more of that now than I did then. I think Russell looks fine, but I, I, I think what we've seen from Sean Payton is he wants to establish his dominance. He wants to establish this as his team. And even if it sits in one or two games, if he has a bad run, they'll sit him for a game, see what they got with So this. Wilson under uh, pass here. I think so. If you know, Especially if you can find – like a number that's even you know, yeah, 30 I mean, yards better or something. I, I, I got it. I'm on it. I'll get um, back to you tomorrow or yeah. Wednesday. And, then, and we got the Bears down. Okay, good. At yeah. plus 120 under. We gave that two weeks ago. Anything else we like? I mean, do you like that Wilson under? It, se- it seems I like every under. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. <laughs> it's <laughs> like I need a reason. Do why, like why, why didn't I bet it? everyone? Because I'm, uh, you know what? I'm out of money. <laughs> you know, it's like you can't, you can't bet 1,000 things. And I would bet every skill position player under gun to my head. Would you? No. Everyone? Uh, probably 75%. Okay. All right. So I heard you went 60% if you played, like, historically the last three years. Not as good, but it's not as good. They, but they've adjusted soon, it. Yeah, as soon as that makes the rounds, you know, then, yeah. So shows like this hurt the, 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 the poor pro that's trying to make a living and avoid working. Yeah. I think every pro should have a, a, a straight job for a while, like, every even into their older years. Because I, I think that... 
I actually, it's, you know, we won't talk about this now. I believe that the newest generation don't want to work as. Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <True. laughs> get off my lawn, yeah. kids! Any closing thoughts? So we got to decide on the number one: Cowboys, 49ers, <sighs> Lions. Oh, he's, uh, uh, we, we, we decide when we when we put Dallas in, in, in Cowboys, front of Philly. Yeah. They became number one. I Sorry. think so. So we go Dallas. I object. <laughs> is that Mackenzie? <laughs> no, that's me making uh, fun of myself because I object to this. <laughs> so, so it's a one quick question. We're, we're pressed for time here. But but given Dallas wins the division, would you bet them to be the number one seed? Yes. At even money? Yes. Think about this. No. No. No, 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 no. Because one, San Fran has at least the same chance. But no, Sam Fran can scuffle along and win 10 games and win the division. Maybe, but let's think about this. If we know Dallas wins the division— What's their over-under? If they win the division. Yeah. 12 and a half. Yeah. 13, maybe. You think it's 50%, 13, 50%, 12? Yeah. 13 and I four? think that's a good number. Okay, that, I accept right? that. I accept that. So then, obviously, San Fran now isn't a 12 and a half. So, yeah, okay. but usually a team does go 13 And here's and the question. Detroit, can, we, we're pretty sure New Orleans can't do that. Who knows with the schedule? Although their schedule so. Atlanta. They're going to start the season they, 6 I mean, I mean, they're still the same. I wonder what the Saints are to be, have the best record in the NFC, the number one seed. Uh, That'd be interesting. What, what odds would you bet it at? Uh, off the top of my head, 22 to 1. So at 21 to 1, you wouldn't bet it? Oh, you'd sit throughout a number. <laughs> it can't be that. Well, I remember when Philly overtook Dallas last year, it was 9 to 1. For them to be the best, the number one seed in the NFC. So I got to say, maybe this is going to be like 12 to 1, 14 to 1. Still only a nine and a half. You got it? Mm-mm. All right, he's trying to find it. All right, so let's do this. SOVAM, we'll throw, we'll do this like when the Huxtables used to go to college to see when uh, Lisa Bonet was there. You remember that? <laughs> yes. Different world? Different the world. world yeah. You guys are the different world. We're yes. the Cosby show. Yeah. Take, oh, no, we only do that during the Dream Preview. So, guys, we'll be back Thursday morning, SOV AM, every AM, except for Saturday and Sunday. Talk to you then.